By the time you hear this podcast, you'll be all about money, cash, hoes. Turn lights all the way down. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So let me flow. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yo, J A Y, I flow sick. Fuck all y'all haters, flow dick. I spit the game, those dope bricks. Money, cash, hoes, money, cash, chicks. Fuck sex, murder, and mayhem, romance for the street. Only wife of mine is a life of crime and sex. Life's a bitch, and many skirts and big checks. How can I not flirt with them? That's life's a nigga, long as life dinners. We gon' send a lot and pray to Christ to give us. Fuck it, ice the wrist and raise the price on these niggas. Y'all can't floss on my level. I'll invite you all to get with us if you ball is glitter. When I go on the Hall of Players wall, my picture. If you get close enough, you can read the scripture. It reads money, cash holes. I feel with that nigga. What money, cash holes? Money, cash holes. My money, cash holes. 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 Money, cash Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 151. That's, a, that's an alcohol, right? Yeah, uh, the yeah. Bacardi. This is the Bacardi episode. Yeah, the Bacardi. <laughs> so, um, everyone, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for everyone who's downloaded and listened so far. There's Ben on camera right there. Wave to the people. All right. <laughs> so uh, thank you to everyone who's listened so far and downloaded and, and watched and all that stuff. So they can't see any of that. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we have a guest. He is uh, he has not been on with us for a while. Uh, I think that episode about glitter was a year ago. Was it really? Yeah. Um, that raggedy movie. <laughs> So he's here to talk to us about another raggedy movie. We have Abraham. What's going on, man? I think they put me in like a <laughs> podcast jail. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm out. Uh, unfortunately, I have to look at Ben with that ugly hat. D- didn't you graduate from here too? I don't put that out on Front Street, man. You man, know, I got you're ashamed. I, it, it's, oh. it's not that. It's just, I mean, it ain't one of the schools that people know Georgia for, right? You there, come to, there's someone that. That's does. why I went there. No, we all. No, no, I, I, I'm throwing shade on all of us because that's where we all met, right? But still, it ain't UGA. Like it's people who went to West Georgia who claim they went to UGA. Who and claim that's really sad. Tech. That's sad. Be proud. Well, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a commuter school for no, no. I I looked at it as the school for people who didn't get into UGA. They went to West Georgia instead. <laughs> or, or people who didn't want to go to East College. You know what East College is, right? What's East College? So, like, if you don't get into um, Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. they send you to East College. Where is that? Where is East College? I've never heard of I don't of know. I've never somewhere been Somewhere in Milledgeville? Uh, it's somewhere. It's close, I guess. <laughs> or, or Statesboro? It's kind of like the Wayne College. Oh, it's like a junior like, college? Yeah, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why, but East College sounds like it's like some fake punishment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're going to East College. Like, where is that? BFE. Where is that? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it definitely sounds like it would be a little bit of some um, segregation going on. Like, girl, Are you talking about East Georgia State College? Yeah. It's a yeah, real place. College, yeah. yeah. What, what, what's the um, credentials look like? 
Well, I'm, let's see is where it, like it is first. Is it like the school for last chance you, East Mississippi put Community this, College? Put this way. When you look at the children. Oh, it's in Statesboro. Okay. When you look at, do they have pictures of um, students? No. Okay. <laughs> they have Bobcats, though, so. Oh, okay. Because I'm thinking if they had pictures of students, if they had, like, ankle monitors on, then you know that's the school that, that, you, that, that, you, that, you, that you stop at just to Good make old sure. ECS. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Remember my days back at ECS. Oh yeah, that that looks like it's it's the size of a high school. Uh, okay, <laughs> it's pretty rough. I mean, it, it, it's I don't think it's designed for you to be there all four years. I think it's only there for like two. Oh, that's a pretty school. See, this shows. Okay, so some of these buildings show there's too much money. <laughs> if a if a place like East East College State can get a building that looks this nice, now this might be the only building on campus. I don't know, but it looks too nice to be at a school. Like, how are you the second school in Statesboro? Like, that feels weird. Hey, man. You got to have backup options. That's like being the second pro team in Birmingham. Like, it's just not. (laughs) You know, we're going to talk about this. um, And and I brought it up for second chance things. Like, we're going to get into the whole backstage movie. And the thing that I find fascinating is everybody wants to sleep with, like, the Jay-Zs and the DMXs and the uh, Jiggas of the world, right? But, like, who fucking Benny Siegel? Right. <laughs> That's a good question. And you know what? I have I have a point about that. I have a yeah. say we when I save that, but I have a point about that. Like, and it's a reason why Benny Siegel is looked at the way he is today. It, it, it's like I mean, well, hold I, on. Let's let's let's. What, I don't, I, let's yeah. save the venom. Okay. Let's save the venom because I know I know y'all got some good stuff. Yeah. Which is but why I'm looking forward to this like a like a good pizza. So gonna, let's let's get to some music news first. Um, so, uh, Biz Marquis was killed by the internet last night. I thought you was going to say, like, really killed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw him in Men, Men in Black 3. Like, he <laughs> he one hokey away from not being here. No. <laughs> so, I thought, uh, as many people thought, that Biz Marquis uh, passed away. Um, he had a stroke recently, I believe. It did nice. before or after Men in Black 3. This was after. This is okay. recently. So, so he looked worse. I, I, I guess. Like when I saw Men in Black Three, like the top half of his body looked like stage two diabetes, but the bottom half, oh god, <laughs> was like really skinny. It, was just, it didn't make any sense. Uh, so he, and like his legs were like, man, keep that fat shit up there. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Down, down here, Ben Marquis feet. We, we still one eighty five. Oh God! <laughs> so, <laughs> um, he, <laughs> he was hospitalized last year due to complications from type two diabetes. Oh God! <laughs> oh Ben, don't add shock. Come on. And uh, in December last year, it was reported that he was in a rehab facility as a result of a stroke. Oh, wow. And went into a diabetic coma. Whoa! Oh God! I was so going... he 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 is he is sick sick. Holy. What you know? The joke is already in my mind, so I'm gonna say it. But here we go. Shouts out to um Biz Marquis family. We all just having fun. I mean, he has been instrumental in the music, um in in the music world, and his talent would never be forgotten. All right. So when he was having that stroke, oh, was he <laughs> was he making them beatbox noises? <laughs> 
I gotta hope not. Like before they pulled out the defibrillator, I'm like, hold on. Heaven help us. Hold on, hold on, stop. Huh? Is he lacing down a dope track or is he dying? <laughs> when he's like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And I'm thinking back to that scene in Men in Black where he was an alien, like, and he. Oh, God. That is terrible. And Tommy Lee Jones didn't know what to think. Oh, man. Okay, Tom- so. <laughs> Um, so yeah, rumors that came out that he had died, uh, last night. Uh, I saw that Roland Martin said that he spoke to a representative and other people spoke to a representative alive, but he has serious health issues. He's still under medical care, surrounded by professionals who are working hard to provide the best health care possible. Um, and no one said what was wrong, but like I said, type two diabetes, he had some complications, he had a stroke. So as of right now, he is still alive. And if we keep our streak going, when we talked about DMX being in a coma, oh boy. the next yeah. episode, he was dead. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Y'all knew D. Come on, man. All right. First off, I'm fat. So if I die from type 2 diabetes, I will, roll, I will want Roland Martin to be my spokesperson. Well, Roland Martin, like, knew. Like, he, like, if he, everyone thought he had died. A guy, said, like. Uh, someone told him, no, no, he's not dead. Could they all eat at the same pie, please? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like Roland Martin is the first person for all fat people. No, 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 he alive, he alive. You know, we just have, we just split a chunky rocky roll. I forgot how big his forehead is, man. Like, who? Roland Martin. Bruh. I don't know if he's big. Last dude to wear an ascot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. When I die, I want Roland Martin to do my eulogy, but I want to have an appearance from his neck. I feel, I feel luck. I feel, I feel that's the hidden star behind the, the thing. Your family can charge extra for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. You want the neck? Oh, no. Nah, oh, come nah, on. No, no, no. Everybody get the neck. I mean. Only the special people do. <laughs> you mean you want to go out there sans ascot? Nah, man. We can't do that. Not enough money in the world. Not enough money. Nah, man. All right. So I guess prayers up to. Bismarcky. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Hopefully he pulls through. But, you know, if, if someone thought you were dead and it spread over the Internet, I, I don't know. It, I, think, I, think that's, I think God has already called him. Isn't that how that works? <laughs> like, like, God is like, is he dead? Well, he is on Twitter. Well, call him home. <laughs> <laughs> um. So... I didn't know this, and I don't think it's going to get as much coverage um, as R. Kelly did. But we are all familiar with Marilyn Manson. What did he do? A fourth woman. So we're starting at four. A fourth woman uh, is suing him, alleging um, sexual assault, sexual battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, human trafficking, and unlawful imprisonment. See, these, these are too many big words. Like, I've seen Marilyn Manson videos. I want to know what he did to her. <laughs> <laughs> After Sweet Dreams, it's liable. He can do anything to a woman. So I just, I just, like, ma'am, I know it was bad. Could you give me details? I don't need all these big words. Like, like I know he strapped you to something. What was it? <laughs> so I didn't, know uh, that, I didn't even know this was going on. So, yeah, we're starting at four. Uh, this is a woman named uh, Ashley Morgan Smith line. She is a model. Uh, she's the fourth lawsuit followed by 
uh, well, she's following Esme Bianco, who is on Game of Thrones. Which mm-hmm. one? Was she on Game of Thrones? What, what? Um, I don't know. Let's let's see. Abe, I have not watched Game of Thrones, but nor have I. That's because Abe would know. I know, man. Game of Thrones is my um. My, my, my. She played Roz. R O S. Roz sounds like a nobody character. Um, let's see who is Roz. How you spell Roz? R O S. She was on the first three seasons. Uh, I've seen her. Oh man, she played a prostitute in Game of Thrones. Like we saw her, her vagina. <laughs> and apparently, so did Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a scene I never forget it. Like the guy was leaving. This before they cut his dick off, right? And um, <laughs> and he was like, and he he was like, I'm going to miss you. And she was like, No, you won't. So then he took like a shilling or a coin or whatever the currency was for Game of Thrones and flinged it at her. And she caught it. And she was a little confused. He was like, mm-hmm. I want to see it one more time. And she straight up lifted up her uh, her little uh, her little gown she was wearing and showed her the vagina, right? And then the whole time I was watching that, right? I, maybe I think too much. That, that's, but, like, if you ride going from, like, a long trip, right, you going from one town to the other, I don't think your vagina's, like, show-worthy, right? Wouldn't it not be? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to see traveling vagina. I want to see. I want to see. Got home and bathed. <laughs> I want to see destination pussy. But back right? then they didn't bathe, so. Exactly. Yeah, that, knew- wasn't, that wasn't really considered. I mean, it, the only thing that mattered is that it exists. Mm-hmm. I know he and that she has one. Okay, okay, yeah. That's all that matters. I know he, look, <laughs> I know he looked at that memory fondly because, like, next season, his dick was gone. Mm. Oh, that sucks. And he still survived that. Yeah, but would you want to? I know, man. I... <laughs> um, still... So, back to this story. <laughs> um, a former personal assistant of Marilyn Manson is also suing him. And a woman who has chosen to remain anonymous. And um, let's see, they met. He met the model here in the summer 2010, telling her that he wanted to cast her in a film. And it claims that he became infatuated with her as his conversation continued. And he told her that she was the perfect girl for him and asked her to send photos of herself. Uh, He flew her out to Los Angeles later that year. And he would cast her in a remake and saying that he would cast her in a remake of True Romance and says, she says soon after her arrival, he asked her to move in with him. And man, this is they the, moved to Thailand. Man, this, uh, okay, okay. And Greg, I don't want to interrupt your story for Abraham's yeah. foolishness, but this sounds like the best date ever. I, I don't, I'm trying, but he took her floor out, moved her in. Where's like the debauchery happen? This sound like a dream well, come true. It, it's, it's sound Disney fantasy to me, right? Uh, she. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she claims that, because they they moved from L.A. to Thailand after that that she was sex trafficked, and she claims he violated the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. But was she a victim at that point? This sound like Cinderella straight up. And he. Oh, well, no, she was, I'm sorry, got it, I got that wrong. She was living in Thailand, working. Mm-hmm. He convinced her to move to L.A. Oh. And move in with him. And she is claiming the he violated the Trafficking Victims Protection Act by lying about the film to lure her to come back to the United States. 
and uh, it took a quick turn. Uh, the relationship, he would berate her in front of his band. Uh, he insisted she wear black lingerie and makeup while at the studio, which was also his apartment. Um, they entered a consensual sexual relationship, and that <clears throat> changed, according to her. She says she woke up from an unconscious state with her wrists and ankles bound, and Warner penetrating her. Brian Warner is his real name. Yeah. She told him to stop, she says, and he told her to shut the fuck up and be quiet. Quote. Okay. <laughs> um, she says her bru- he bruised her ribs in the incident and caused Jesus. injury to her vagina. He kept telling me, you can't rape someone that you're in love with. Jesus, man. Okay. Well, uh, hey, you know. He. She also <laughs> claims um, he choked her, uh, placing a pillow over her head, uh, used a knife to cut her shoulder, inner arm and shoulder, and her other shoulder, drawing blood, um, leaving scars. She killed her? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> now, I'm thinking, and I don't know if I'm the only person. Like, when he cut her, did I just assume he was going to drink the blood, or was it just me? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. It's not impossible to to to. It's you know it doesn't seem like out of the realm of possibility. Um, she alleges he carved his initials MM into her thigh, which left a permanent mark. She claims that he also frequently hit her. Oh, excuse me, bit her. So the blood thing. Yeah, he probably was play. drinking that stuff. Um, the abuse escalated into Mr. Warner shaking Miss Smith's line <clears throat> and strangling her by putting his hand over her mouth. And on another occasion, Mr. Warner threw a Nazi knife at Miss Smithline, only barely missing her face. Oh, he got to be a white supremacist, too. And he also too. burned her. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now, you, yeah, but see, they buried the lead here. <laughs> yeah, they really did kind of you, bury the lead. You ran over that real fast. Like, hold on. That nigga got a Nazi knife? <laughs> of course he did. And he, uh, he burned her and also allegedly whipped her several times. I feel like after everything he did... The whipping would be the least painful. Well, I mean, he has a Nazi knife. I'm pretty sure he has a whip, too. Well, I'm just saying the whipping would be the least painful. Like, that's just, like, I bruised your ribs. I strangled you with and put my hand over your mouth. I cut you, and I whipped you. Like, whipping is something that normal couples do. Well, <laughs> well whip- we, we got to peek into Ben's life. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase it. I have not been whipped. Amen. However, amen. It's however, already out there, man. The world is thinking that you somewhere what? in when shackles. I was, when I was, I mean, hey, in my younger days, no, let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> out here embarrassing my family in the streets. Uh, I, I mean, so I have a couple of questions about these stories, and that's why I wouldn't be a good trauma counselor. Oh, uh, when with the, I guess the Nazi thing is brought up because she is Jewish. Okay, so, so, so this is my question, right? Someone who has a Nazi knife. And whips, and you live with them. They don't hide that shit, right? Like if I had a Nazi knife or a, um, what would be the black? What would be the black? Like a Wakanda knife or something like that, right? <laughs> I would show everybody I meet, right? That would be my most prized possession next to my penis, right? So she saw the Nazi knife and was like, "Oh, that's cute," you know. It, it just, it's just, a, it's just. Well, it's just I, I bill, think yeah. part of it also <laughs> is part of the emotional abuse that she's claiming. Because mm-hmm. they're bringing up the Nazi knife, is that when she would travel for work, he would ask her to bring Nazi paraphernalia, which includes throwing stars, a mask, and a knife, which were all decorated with swastikas. And then there was a Nazi ninja. <laughs> Bruh. 
I feel like that's a movie that could have been made in the eighties. It could be Nazi a movie. Ninjas. It could be or at least a vil- a villain. That's <laughs> the villain of a movie with like Steven Seagal so, or something. We meet again, Nazi Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, 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 uh, like it can be best of the best five. Like, <laughs> what are there four of those already? It's three. Three. And like and like the third one, bruh, I seriously not I want you to watch it. Um it <laughs> just has those existed. Like <laughs> like every subsequent um best of the best, the people who had dignity started to drop off. <laughs> but <laughs> like the first one I had everybody had damn man. Um James was James Earl Jones in that? Oh, I, I don't anyway. Um, they had everybody in there, but then the second yeah. one they just had uh, Eric Roberts. Yes, yeah, I know he was in it. Yeah, and then he was in the second best of the best too. But then he found Dittany, Chris right? Penn. What? And okay. then and yeah, then James the, Earl Jones was in the first one. Yeah. yeah, and then the last one they fought the Nazis and like uh, um, Ahmad Rashad. I know. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I mean, he was. Oh, there there are four of them. There are four of them. Oh, I see. Yeah, I called it because so, I remember like the third one. It was just the Asian guy. He was going up against some white supremacists, and like they were, he was warm. The white supremacist was warning about the Asian guy, and he went into like some diatribe about how he's superhuman and don't have a soul and all the different kind of stuff. Great TV. Uh, Gina Gershon was in the third. This is pretty funny. I never knew about Wayne it. Newton was in the second one. I didn't know these went that far. Hey, what are you, are you just watching these or? I don't go to sleep at night. So. Okay. I say like, if you're watching <laughs> Christopher these, McDonald's in the third one. Yeah. Yeah. Gina Gershon. You've never seen Batman. Arlie Ermey. I've heard of them, but I just never bothered to watch them. This seems like these are these kind of movies that came on at came on, on Saturday afternoon at like three o'clock. They would come on like ABC or Fox because there's no other there's no games mm-hmm. on. There's no other new programming to show. And it's among these movies like y'all know these actors like Don the Dragon Wilson yeah. and Lorenzo Lamas and Mark DeCoscos. Oh, so, this so, is one of those. So here's the thing. Like, um, we're old enough to know that the cable programming kind of went through an evolution. Like, in the beginning when cable come out, um, the whole idea of it being on 24 hours was oh, a yeah, little baffling. Just needed content. So they just needed content. And yeah. around, like, 1 or 2 o'clock before infomercials got big, that's when they just started shoveling the trash. So it would be <laughs> yeah. um, the best three. And I remember all of that. Like, Toxic Avengers. Oh, um, Yeah. <laughs> There's that, a there's, there's a probably like channel. the not the first trimmers but like the other trimmers. Yeah. Oh, I see all of them. There was there was trimmers and that's when they were worms. And then the second one they were like um, bipedal um like had aftershocks right trimmer two aftershocks. Yeah, they were like velociraptors. And then it got so worse <laughs> that they started to fly and they just gave up on the name. And the name of the flying trimmers, I shit you not, was called ass blasters because. <laughs> <laughs> because what happened is they store up so much chemical in their body that it will explode from their ass and they'll fly. That's how they flow. They flew. They'll oh, fall wow. and then go into the air. Uh, mm. the, the fourth one had Ernie Hudson, who y'all know is the black Ghostbuster. He wasn't getting, he was, them checks ran out. <laughs> Tobin Bell, uh, oh, he's, Jigsaw. Uh, yeah, he's Jigsaw, <laughs> Tobin Bell. Oh, man. Um, I don't know these other folks. Tobin Bell. Uh, well, they had the the younger sister of Kid Rock was in the fourth one. She's an actress. Oh, Jill Ritchie. Yeah. Paul Gleason. Paul Gleason. Like as yeah. in the the principal from, from the Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't understand how y'all. 
I guess I watch too much TV. That could be a thing. But well, like, now I want a best of the best five. Man, you you got to see like all like the first best of the best. I might this weekend. I got nothing to do Sunday. Man, best <laughs> of the best is like good cinema, man. It's just that <laughs> trash. Like <laughs> you can see microphones and shots. <laughs> and, it, and no, it was like it was like totally totally 80s camp when they like snuck in propaganda. Mm-hmm. So we didn't like Korea at the time. So they made Korea like these monsters. And, like, one straight up killed his brother and got away with it. Like, he killed his brother, I'm guessing, in California. But since it was a karate tournament, no one cared. (laughs) That's how it goes. And then it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the best movie. I'm trying to think of, I I thought it was the one with, um, what was the one? It had the dude from, he was on Step by Step. He played Cody. Sasha Mitchell. Kickboxer. Okay, that's Kickboxer. Okay. And the the messed up thing about Kickboxer is, again, um, John claude Van Damme did it once, right? Um, And then, like, the second one, they were like, man, um, John claude Van Damme found dignity. So he's never going (laughs) to do this again. Like, he might have cussed him out, right? So they found a way to kill him, right? So they killed him in, like, the... um, in Taiwan, a person got revenge, and instead of doing kickbox matches, because he lost the last one, he was like, hey, man, I'm a gangster. I'm just going to shoot him. So he shot him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, after the guy from Step by Step found dignity, um, they got another guy. So the whole premise was they daddy would just go around having sex with, like, all these different type of women who are all different ethnicities. Because, like, every person who played is a different ethnicity. And, um... They'll just fight kickboxing tournaments. There are eight kickboxer movies. Are you for real? Yes. You've seen all eight, haven't you, Abe? Uh, no, the eighth one hasn't come out yet, but oh. it's in the works. Um, I, I, I know I saw, I only really watched the first one um, because John Claude Van Damme, and um, they had like this scene where like the, the villain, well, he couldn't even be evil enough, so they made him more evil. So he ended up raping. Um, and maybe you talked about that. Yeah, and like <laughs> she was like, she was like, why you didn't tell nobody? She was like, your mind must be clear for the fight. I was like, <laughs> but you didn't call the cops. You just let the test. <laughs> so the <laughs> the second the second um, kickboxer was written by David S. Goyer, who is who went on oh, to geez. write Better a movies. blade. Yeah. Batman and, Begins. Yeah. <laughs> and The Dark Knight Rises. And that well, he's part of the, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. He was a writer on that. But never forget um, And um Batman versus Superman. Never yeah. forget John Singleton directed Rosewood, Poetic Justice and Baby Boy, and those are far different movies. Yeah. Right, because baby, I mean, poetic justice has such lines as my titties itching and shit, and <laughs> they, kept, they kept that in there. Yeah, but this, this apparently this is his. The, the Kickboxer Two was his second screenplay. Oh, okay. What was his first? It was something called Death Warrant. I think I've with John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I've heard of Death Warrant. Yeah, I think a lot of these get covered on that channel. Good bad films. I mean, it's a very funny channel. John Claude Van Damme was like top tier yeah. when I was a kid. With and that. It, all, it all started with his appearance in Breaking. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe they cast him as, I don't want to get too far off topic, but they oh, cast Guile? him as uh, Guile. Yeah. Why? An, an American. An American, an American uh, colonel? Like, Who else you knew, knew knew karate that was white? 
Steven Seagal, he, he probably wasn't going to cut his hair. No, Steven Seagal was too big. Steven Seagal could not make the weight limit. We needed somebody. <laughs> we needed somebody. In 95? Yeah. In 95? Maybe. But he wouldn't have cut his hair. Yeah, like, like you're supposed to look like Guile. He wasn't going to do that. Okay. Who? Yeah. That's who what. I, that, that's my. Yeah. You'd have to go with an unknown. They could have got Sasha Mitchell. <laughs> 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 look, look. They had they had to get somebody to wear that ridiculous wig. And John Claude Van Damme, if you give him enough coke, he'll do anything. Look, look. Okay. He did kind of. There were some scenes where he kind of looked coked out. No, there where was, he did that. Like he just got in the oh, camera and started flexing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like flexing you, on Bison on the camera. What was that? What was that show um, where he was fighting everybody? Uh, it was the most racist show ever, right? But it was like a karate show where he was fighting everybody's different ethnicities, right? So like, um, was it a tournament? Yeah, it was a tournament. Oh, the one where he was the he was the Amer he's another American, <laughs> but it was basically it turned out it was supposed to be based on a true story, but basically the the guy he was playing, like everyone's like poking holes in like he didn't do all this, he didn't knock somebody out in half a second or, uh, what's that movie? I it I know the character's name is Frank Dukes. Yeah, I think it was something like Legends or something. It's about a gold dragon. It was Bloodsport. Bl- no, or that's not Bloodsport. It's not Bloodsport. Uh. Lionheart? Mm-mm. Legendary, I think the name was the name of it. When did this come out? Oh, man. Was it in the 90s? It was towards the end of his career. <clears throat> uh, maximum Risk. Uh, Universal Soldier. No. The expen- not The Expendables. You look coked out in The Expendables, too. If it's recently... Um, Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Um, I think the name of it, The Quest. 1996. The Quest? Yeah, okay, okay, I see. Oh, he also directed and wrote that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was hiding. <laughs> yeah. I got, some, I've got some watching for this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's these are trash movies, man. But they're, they're great fun to watch. How did we get here again? I don't know. <laughs> we were uh, supposed to be talking about um, Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. he's so, a punk. Oh, we talked about his Nazi knives. That's okay, right. yeah, yes. okay. Uh, because he's a Nazi or something. Okay. Also, she claims post post traumatic stress from the relationship. Uh. And her lawyer claims that she became powerless and brainwashed. Uh, he also, she claims that he made her watch disturbing films. Uh, like 8 millimeter, Depicting gruesome suicides and child pornography. What? So he's a child pornographer too? This dude, like, maybe they were right about him in the 90s, man. <laughs> Look, man, I, 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 I'm a supporter of the Me Too movement and everything, but like... You the way you keep talking about how is he still functioning? Like he is so evil. How, how is he not in prison? By he now? sounds like a supervillain. Yeah. Case. Was he kicking puppies too? <laughs> <laughs> he kicked Milo and Otis. <laughs> like that just sounds awful. Like he so, sounds like yeah. the worst person. Like all the evil. But there's the not going to be a six part surviving Marilyn Manson series. I don't think. I mean, if what ten other girls could be? <laughs> I mean, and then I, I, he showed me the Nazi night. Let me stop. Like, I don't want to make for another plight. Like Ben told me this, and I, I 
totally agree with it. I mean, R. Kelly, what brought down R. Kelly is something that's not in his control, right? It wasn't the fact that he was locking up women. It was the fact that people stopped listening to R&B, like... Listening <laughs> <laughs> to rappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah rappers singing and like... And the melodic rappers. Yeah, like if... Because back in the day, man, he was following the same Yeah, he's trend, always been doing this. And he was singing at the Olympics <clears throat> the, the, the same year they indicted him. Yeah. So... It's the, the, I mean, Bill Burr said it best, the $100 million well. Like, pe- you just wait until someone calls you because you can make them $100 million. <laughs> so, I mean, although, who still listens to Marilyn Manson in 2021? Sweet dreams are made of these. Uh, so. I, I, no clue. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. No one. I don't know. <laughs> Under the jail. <laughs> <laughs> but he would, man. He would be popular in prison. I mean, the white supremacists would look, man, you had a Nazi knife? knife? And you cut her with it? Oh, man. Put it here, brother. You got a whips <laughs> into it? I bet you'd be all the jigaboos with that. You know, come sit down with us and sing us a song. He's like, no, I beat white women. You did what? <laughs> I mean, you know that we still going to rape you here, right? <laughs> we, no, 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 no. Don't, don't get it twisted. We did see that album where you wore that suit that made you look like you yeah, know. I didn't people. know he was with Evan Retrowood at one point either. I'm so, yeah. so much I'm learning about Mr. Manson, a.k.a. Brian Warner. All right, yeah, let's, on to something happier. <laughs> I know, Greg, uh, nice stuff. I don't have anything happy right now. Bill Cosby, is that? Is that no, no, he ain't, he ain't music. No, <laughs> just no in general on yeah. that because it's it, he he was released because the lawyer said that oh we're not going to prosecute him, but you prosecuted him. Mm-hmm. Like there's a signed agreement <laughs> that you weren't going to do it, and you did it anyway. So that's why he got released. The end. Uh, so it's another law suit or another law related music issue we talked about this on the last episode you know there's the free britney movement if you haven't seen that on social media so the wealth management firm that was going to take over as co-conservator of britney spears estate with her father has put forth his resignation from the arrangement citing the public criticism of the conservatorship Mm -hmm. Uh, have you heard about this abe I'm still kind of not really understanding the purpose of the conservatorship. Guess they think she's crazy. Yeah, yeah I, and this all started from like remember when she shaved her head, and people thought that she she's going crazy. Yeah. She won't be able to take care of herself or her children. So we need to have an arrangement that we can take yeah. care of things for her. And they never, they but let up. since then, she appears to have gotten better, uh, but. She has basically has no control over her career, or her life, or her life. Yeah. Okay. So my question is, does she still have a career? Uh, kind of. I mean, she had she had the Vegas residency. Mm -hmm. Would that that makes you millions? That really does make you a lot of money. Okay. So Ben, you the Britney Spears guy. You uh, used to be (laughs) not as much anymore. But I'm just trying to make sure you're okay because I'm pretty sure I'm waiting for you to be. Oh, I'm good. No, because she. Well. Well, because she put out some of her most successful albums of the decade under this conservatorship. I just I think it's only gotten really bad as of late with them trying to limit. Because, I mean, so you ask, does she even have a career anymore? Which is a fair question because she hasn't really done much lately other than the Vegas residency, which, yeah. while it brings a lot of money, I don't think that keeps you in the spotlight. 
Like, you got to be releasing albums, releasing singles, and she's not doing Yeah, that. or at least doing, you know, if her contemporary was Christina Aguilera, yeah, she's at least TV doing show. TV. Yeah. So the conservatorship got that toxic money. No, so toxic was so everything blackout and after. Oh, yeah. Is is was so like Femme Fatale, Circus, which were two very successful albums. One of them having that um, song that Kesha wrote, um, "End of the World," um, was on that like a. Yeah, yeah. you know it if you heard it, but um, yeah. So she released some big singles during that time, but like they just, I'm guessing they're just not letting her do anything right now. So, uh, like I said, with the firm that is resigning from the arrangement, they went into it thinking that uh, she volunteered for this to have this conservatorship. They're like, okay, you know, we're just helping her out. But then after her testimony, there was a hearing last week, and her testimony is basically she's criticizing the conservatorship. She has no control over anything. They pulled out of the arrangement because they thought – she was okay with everything, and then they find out she's not. So um, they are respecting her wishes to not uh, to not be involved. And they had been approved to be a co-conservator along with her father, who remains the sole conservative. So he's in control of everything right now. And I heard that he's been like wilding with her money. Uh, possibly. Um, I know there's a lot of things she can't do. Uh, she, uh, apparently she said that she, um, people will, uh, watch her get dressed and undressed. Uh, she has to wear an IUD, so she can't have any more children right now. Um, she has to ask to borrow money or to buy anything, do anything. So... Which, if you think about it, is crazy. She's only thirty nine years old. Uh, she's being forced. Um, but if you look at this, forced to take certain medication, and um, <clears throat> forced to, I guess, do think do work related things that she's not interested in the very at least interested in doing. Uh, so here's what I take on this, and y'all brought me on here because I take things left. So buckle up. I mean, I don't. I'm more worried about Orlando Brown's um, career than Britney Spears. <laughs> you know, he's been coming up oh, with that new and hotness. As far as, like, uh, her doing anything, she says that she will not perform, so I guess she will not record either, as long as her father is the sole oh, conservative okay, first state. Okay. But, I mean, I, I get why they would put these um, rules on her, because, like, if, if it was that whole week of craziness that spurned this whole conservatorship. Like, we let you have freedom, and you went down to Vegas and married somebody and shaved off all your hair, right? Um, At a certain point, I could see the conservatorship used to protect the brand. Now, um, the way she's done it and getting social media into it is masterful because it kind of circumvents all the legal um, brouhaha. Um, You just let the ground swell of the moment force people because I'm pretty sure if she wanted to get out of the conservatorship the the normal way she would probably have to go to like a psych evaluation mm-hmm. um, uh, a more a more um, scrutinous look at her life and she don't want to do that so she just posts something on um, social media 
her to get public to get the public behind her. Then her sister came and <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna be that guy. I'm not gonna be that guy. I'm not gonna do that to y'all show. But uh... yeah, we, we talked about Jamie Lynn last week though a little bit. Yeah, because well, she I think she she wanted to stuff. like if someone had to take over, she was willing to take over yeah. and just let her do whatever she wants. And I know Jamie but... was jealous. Jamie probably always wanted Britney's career. She probably thought she'd get it. The only it thing she, she got is her daddy name. Yeah. And Evan Roth. Oh, no, that's Ashley huh. Simpson. Oh, oh, yeah. That's yeah, that's another little sister that, who that, wishes yeah. she had her sister's that's career. <laughs> oh, man. I got him confused. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Both less successful. Although I'm a big Ashley Simpson fan, but that's another story. Uh, also, um, <laughs> <laughs> the conservator's request, that's Britney Spears, to suspend James P. Spears immediately upon the appointment of Bessemer Trust Company of California, sole conservative of a state, is denied without prejudice. So even if they were taking over, the dad would still be co-conservator. So that, that, that part was denied as well. And he's investigating her testimony. It just seems this like... Is, this, is, this, is, this, goes, this goes beyond stage dad. Yeah. I mean, like, in a certain extent, if you're her father, and again, I guess it's just me being a Libra, I have to see both sides, everything. Like, I've sacrificed a lot to, you know, the whole time you going to the Disney Channel, me taking you up there, that's a big investment. I figure, he, he, he like, look, I don't have any skills of being your dad, so I want to <laughs> make this bread, too, right? only thing I know how to do. I don't know how to do, right? <laughs> I had two of you. One of you was successful. Look. See, you always get that one untalented kid. He just got it off one and two. Usually you have to wait to four and five before you get a Reba or, or a Marlin. Oh, or, God. <laughs> I'm still mad about that. Like, when I die and go see God, that's going to be, like, my 30th question. You know, past, like, why are I we think, here? I like, Michael was uh, – Seven, number seven. Yeah, like all these spare Jacksons, you could have offed. Spare <laughs> Jacksons, <laughs> man. Like we would have mourned when Tito died, but that album afterwards with Michael and Jermaine getting back together. Hell, you could have took Jermaine if you can catch him. <laughs> Marlon, what the fuck, Marlon doing? Like all these people could have died, right? But you're gonna take, you're gonna take Mike. God, explain that to me. Because you know what's funny? Like, um, a while ago, I just went through, um, because I saw a story that Tito, a couple years ago, released his first album, his first solo album. All the other Jacksons had at least made one album, right? So I'm looking up, like, who was probably the least talented Jackson? Before you say LaToya, um, I mean, of the of the boys, I looked up what was what was Marlon doing, because Marlon was the closest in age to Michael. And for watching the miniseries, they were the most competitive. And that's probably what Michael would have looked like if he didn't have whatever he says he had the vitiligo or whatever. Vitiligo. Yeah. Uh, so vitiligo again. I found that. Uh, Marlon is a terrible singer, like just just awful. Uh, but otherwise, like some the other the other ones were good. The other Jacksons had, I mean, they could at least carry a tune. But with Marlon, I was like, it was like nails on a chalkboard. 
Um, the I, I don't know if this was Marlon or it was Randy or whatever, but when everybody went solo, uh, there was a part where all the black Jackson brothers tried to have their own career. Yeah. And they unfortunately just became clones of Michael, but not good ones. Um, Is it like that? You ever seen that House of Cosby sketch? That House of Cosby's cartoon? Yes. No. Where, uh, it, was this, it was a cartoon where this guy, like he's such a big fan of Bill Cosby that he got a Cosby hair from a from a concert <laughs> and then he tried to use that hair to clone Bill Cosby uh-huh. and he kept cloning him and each one is worse than the previous one. Oh god. <laughs> oh, but here's another thing and and the reason why I brought up Marlon is Marlon got to perform on Arsenio Hall. Like he was a musical guest. Off a of name alone. I right. Mean, off a of name alone. And, and people and people always say um, I don't understand why Michael Jackson was popular. Like, bro, you have no idea. He was so popular. Just being related to him got you on the freaking Arsenio Hall show. Yeah. yeah. Randy Randy, Randy Jackson yeah. has a few, and not the American Idol judge. Um, <laughs> Randy Jackson has a few music videos, and they're actually not bad. I mean, Janet, to an extent, it's like, they kept trying to make Latoya a star. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, Monario, who I've had on the show a couple of times, is convinced that Janet Jackson can't sing. So, um, I mean, if we're being, if we're just being straight up honest, she is a decent pop singer. Yeah, like she, her background even, vocals are are great, but <laughs> if she got to sing yeah. by herself, like as a matter of fact, I'll give you an example. At the end of Runaway. They kept an outtake in there where she goes, she's singing, had a good time, and she can't hit the note. Like, she says, oh, didn't quite hit that one. You think? (laughs) No, you did not hit that one. And that's not a bad thing, but, like, I don't listen to Janet Jackson to hear her singing. I listen to Janet Jackson for, I mean, it's a vibe. Like, her music's really good. The production. And the, the production's great, and she does it justice. All she has to do is not mess up. I mean... I have a love-hate relationship because I saw the Tyler, T- Tyler Perry movie with Janet Jackson in it. Oh, I forgot she was in one. She wasn't was asked she? to sing, though. But she was a horrible character. And, like, she killed... Well, that, uh, you know what? That's not her fault. No, no. That's it is Tyler, Tyler Perry's fault. It's definitely Tyler Perry's fault. It is Tyler Perry's fault. She killed her husband and just got away with it and ended up with The Rock at the end. Oh, The Rock was in the Tyler Perry film? Oh, the, yeah. That was the second one. Yeah. Well, why did I get married, too? He must too? Been desperate, man. That was back when he was still trying to. Yeah, he had he hadn't blown up quite yet. I think he had just did the Mummy, which yeah. was like his first. When he couldn't ask him to be, be to be called Dwayne Johnson, like you were yeah, the Rock. You were the Rock. You were I'm the rock. Wanna, I'm no, you're the Rock. No, 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 no. You're, Do the eyebrow. You're the yeah, rock. Yeah, the, the eyebrow. <laughs> you're the Rock. Now he can be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And then he he done pulled up Batista. They try to make Batista work, even though that Batista. ain't work because he ugly as sin, man. You know I don't Ooh, <laughs> like. It, it, he looks like. Uh, what's the character he plays in? Um, Drax. Yeah, in Gardens of the Galaxy. Drax, he yeah. looks like that all the time. Drax the Destroyer. <laughs> yeah, they just they just basically put some color on him and like. Like, there's a movie where he's uh, wasn't there a movie that came out last year or the year before he's where he's like an FBI agent and it had the um, that one like comedic actor, uh, I want to say Indian, but I'll say South Asian guy. Or who's like a who w- was like a witness to something, mm-hmm. and Batista is like the FBI Protecting agent mm-hmm. that was supposed to protect him, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be like you know the like forty eight hours or something like that. But 
Yeah, how, see, I don't even remember the name of the movie. That's how forgettable it is. So before, but but that that it wasn't gonna work with Batista, like you said, he is his neck too thick. <laughs> I think, but I, I think they, they were trying, trying to find the next, the next, yeah, the next wrestler to be that star. Like they it's not Batista, it's John not John Cena. John but, Cena's close, but I think he's found a niche by just well, yeah, in, he's in, in he's comedies. in Fast Nine. He's well, in Fast yeah, which I heard <laughs> bombed, but I mean, like he's found. I think he's found his it niche bombed? being funny. Well, I mean, like in comedies, he's actually pretty good in comedies. I have to, I have to. Look. Oh yeah, he's in that movie. Uh, he's blockers. in Blockers, and he's actually pretty good in Blockers. He was in good in um, in a stepfather. What he in Trainwreck too? I don't. I never saw no. Trainwreck. So I don't. I know he was in some other movie with Tina Fey, and Leslie. Um, Wasn't that Blockers? So he he was in Blockers, but it was in another movie. I think it was like Sisters. Like they they oh, threw yeah. a party. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Sisters. Yeah, I think it's, it's called, called Sisters. Sisters, and they threw the party like their parents' house, like one last party. And it's a small role, but I was like, okay, he can be funny. And then in Blockers, he was funny. I was like, yeah, he he can do that, but yeah, he he was in he he's he, not an action star. He has a comedic role in Trainwrecked. Also. Yeah, because he was in that movie Twelve Rounds, and he just he runs awkward, he acts awkward, like he's just he's not an action star. Or the Marine. Yeah, he's yeah. Not the an Marines seem to be on FX. Every other day, they would just show that movie every other day. It was like BET showing Baby Boy. It was the Marine. I mean, he has he definitely has an appeal that you would think would work. But one of the things that The Rock had, and even though we when he was a wrestler, <laughs> I was gonna like you can't see me, you can't see me. What John Cena? You can't. See me. Oh yeah, one thing The Rock had was that he was uh, he's charismatic. Oh, so, very charismatic. Yeah. Um, John Cena looks like if he's not <laughs> drinking the protein, he's going to the gym. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if you want to get your ad workout in, that's the guy you talk to. But if you want to have a good time and have yeah. a decent conversation, then it's The Rock. Yeah. He has like awkwardly large hands, John Cena. Like it's just he, yeah. he's just an odd looking guy. He looks like Frankenstein. <laughs> I mean, they tried to make it with uh, like other work with other wrestlers too. When The Rock was starting to get some yeah. some pub as an actor, Stone Cold had a movie. Goldberg had a couple of movies. Um, yeah, remember that movie Ready to Rumble, where they just threw a whole bunch of wrestlers in there. And then I think what what the the why why the way it went down here for Stone Cold. One, he might not be that kind of guy to be like the action superstar, but his role in The Longest Yard. Where he played like the racist guy, like that's how a white man runs the football. Like that's that was his role. I never saw that. Wow, really? The, yeah, the Adam Sandler remake of The Longest Yard. <laughs> Stone Adam Cold. Stone, Stone Cold, Cold plays for the for the the guards team. Uh huh. And he was a fullback or something. And he during the game he ran for like nine yards. That's how a white man runs the football. Wow. Uh, but compared to Nelly playing the running back on the inmates team. <laughs> Who's oh, is he a scat back? He's really small, man. Well, they made him like a. I've never watched the longest. He was he was Marshall Falk plus Adrian Peterson oh, on that God. team. Oh, <laughs> were, were all the inmates black? Most of them. Okay. But Goldberg was on the inmates team and oh. uh, Turley. Who's Turley? I don't know Turley. Is he a wrestler? Yeah, he's he's a wrestler too. I think his I think his wrestler name was Turley, but it was like this dude's like seven foot four. Jesus. And, okay. Uh, can barely speak English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, I, I. They're trying to find that. I don't know. I'm. I might. I feel like I'm set up for disappointment if I see like a uh, new day get a movie. 
I don't even who's New Day. The the tag team, the the black guys. Tag oh, I don't, team I don't watch wrestling. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who any of these people. For are. anybody knows who they are, if they get a movie, I might I might be disappointed. I might be we all we will all be set up for disappointment. Ben, what are you talking about? They said Fast Nine was a huge hit in the box office. No, no, as like no, it made it. money. I'm just saying it but was not good. good. I don't know. I, I haven't I'm seen it. What do you awful. mean good? Dude caught a car. Of course it wasn't good. Hey now, hey now, I love the Fast and Furious franchise. You would. I love you them. would. So it's you know, you, well, off. we talked about this before. You know what's next when they do a tenth one? They're going to space. They're going yeah. to space. Like you turn your space. brain off and you watch these films. Fast, Fast Nine is the leprechaun of um, movies. But I, I've, I've, I saw Hobbs versus Shaw. I could not turn my brain off. That was a bad movie. Yeah. And that's what I imagine this is like. Because I saw some of the stunts they pulled. I've seen in the trailer. I was like, these are these are lifted stunts. From Hobbs and Shaw, you're not even trying. And Hobbs and Shaw was straight, like it was, and it's wasted. You got Idris Elba, he's phoning it in, man. What are you doing, Idris? That's a check. Amen. Clearly. So he could go do Luther season yeah. four or whatever. Well, it's just like, um, <laughs> like those actors who do those bad movies just so they can get the movie they want. Or, may, or maybe they owe somebody. Um, somebody got some photos like Forrest yeah. Whitaker and <laughs> Battlefield Earth. Or Angela Bassett. Well, he was practicing Scientology. Yeah, that's why he was in that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He made that willingly, Abe. He made yeah. that willingly. Forrest Whitaker's in Scientology. Yeah. It's ta- talented as hell, but yeah, he's... Uh, Is that before or after? I think it was all around this. He came out like he, that. He I always think. had that yeah. eye. Oh, I thought, I, thought, I thought when he got woke, <laughs> like the eye just got... <laughs> but oh, it was before the Oscar, though. So he had to distance himself so from he that. Could, yeah, last... Last King of Scotland. Yeah, I I I believe so. I think like everyone in that movie practiced Scientology. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Forrest. Let's let's get to the point. I think we're going way off track. What were we supposed to talk about, DMX? But we're having fun, so you know. we'll we'll get we'll get we'll get yeah. to that in a second. Um. Yeah, he's a. Uh, yeah, yep. mm-hmm. he's a Scientologist. Yeah. yeah. So oh, we'll get to the charts here before we get to Ben's error of the week, and then we'll get to our main topic. Money so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, Hot 100, the top 10 songs, numbers one through seven are the same as last week. So Jeez. number one, Butter by BTS. Number two, Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. Number three, Levitating by Dua Lipa featuring Baby. Number four, Kiss Me More, Doja Cat featuring SZA. Number five, Peaches, Justin Bieber featuring Daniel Caesar and Giveon. Number six, Leave the Door Open, Silk Sonic. Number seven, Save Your Tears by The Weeknd and Ariana Grande. Number eight, this week is Montero, Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. Number nine, Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo. And number 10, Astronaut in the Ocean by Masked Wolf. So uh, Call Me By Your Name is still charting. It's still charting, man. Man, I got to tell Menar- Menario thought that he's, he's a one-hit wonder. Yeah. One-hit wonder, like, nah, man. I knew He's got he- at least... Three. Got, this is his third, yeah. Yeah. When I knew when he slid down there and gave the devil a lap dance, that's star power though. <laughs> but I, I will say in his defense, he had one hit wonder written all over him. He did. Like it, that's one of those like you expect him to be a one hit wonder and the fact that he, not bad. Okay, you got a second. That's But two, you know what? That's one People more than kept I playing that song so much that it gave him time to get that album together. Yeah. I would say this. Um I don't know if he's in charge of the production. That goes into his songs, um, 
but all of them he's worked uh, with the same the same producer for most part mm-hmm. all of them um are really intricate really um catchy mm-hmm. so if you have that i mean he's not saying anything even though the more you hear him rap the more you starting to realize that he's been saying like some some sus some sus shit for a while and just <laughs> and just people would just all in I'm gonna take my horse to the old time road and I not like and not really out. listening to like uh I I there was a song he had a holiday one um uh, called holiday yeah. right yeah. and like there was a line where he said I might bottom on the low but I'm on some top shit I was like what? I never heard that song. We'd already come out by that time. Yeah, but like no one really talks about that kind of stuff, right? Lil Nas X? Not, <laughs> not, and well, they, I mean, of course there are gay rappers out there, but they're not on the charts like this. Exactly, you know? yeah. yeah. Like he is straight up saying, nah, nah. Nah, I'm like really gay, not like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know he went to West Georgia for a semester? I know, that's why I support him. That's why I support. That's why I support do. the school. But yeah. But he doesn't talk about him going to West Georgia. See? <laughs> <laughs> you the only one. Go man, Wolves. That hat looks new. Yeah, I've only had it for like a couple of months. You bought that recently? Yeah, yeah. I wanted some West Georgia gear. Got two shirts. Be true too. to your school, Abe. I bought two shirts. Why? Because man. I got a. I have a West Georgia bear koozie, son. Get on my level, man. <laughs> I'm getting a West Georgia hoodie. Yeah. Okay. You guys support your school. Yeah. I mean, it took me a long time to graduate. I I got to do something. <laughs> he, gave them, he gave them a lot of he gave them a lot of the government's money, man. Uh, man let me tell you something. That's the funniest thing. Like we ever talk about um, the stages of college when everyone says it's four years. Nah, but like the stages is like your first two years, you doing absolutely nothing but space game and eating poorly, right? But like those last years when your mama cut you off. (laughs) 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 Hey man, where you going? The library? Look. I got to study. I got to get out of here. I got got class. I've been here long enough. It's 10 p.m. I got class. I've been here long 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 enough. enough. This uh, ain't fun no more. (laughs) Like, if I would tell my son anything about the success of being the four-year degree, I'm like, son, when you get there, um, you're going to meet your best friend in the world. Like, if you could create a person, that'll be your roommate, right? Don't hang out with him because every story you're going to hear over and over again like you would have. Go mm-hmm. study. Yeah, go study. Exactly. Because <laughs> every fight I know about, even the ones I wasn't even participating in. Extreme detail. <laughs> intricate detail. <laughs> I wasn't there for half of them, but I can tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't, I, 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 I've already told the story on the podcast, and I'm not telling it again, but I've already told the story of the roommate I had. Yeah. Which one was the, that? The, the very first one. You can talk about it. Yeah. He, he, yeah. What, what, the gay one? That was the second one. The first one was the <laughs> the genuine wannabe. The ge- yeah. Oh, that sexy flexy ass nigga. Tell me about the difference. <laughs> I, I wasn't at that. You say he sang genuine at the talent show, right? I forget what he saw. It was something that didn't <laughs> let him win. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever it was. Oh man, my roommate was a white supremacist, Greg. There were a couple of white supremacists on that. Yeah. Justin, Justin. There's one on the third floor. Yep, Justin yeah. roommate was gay. Greg roommate was gay. It was the same person. Oh, yeah, yeah. the same person. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I 
how'd you get out of that situation? Like Justin told me his sister was fine. Was his sister fine? I never met his sister. Oh, okay. He said he used to watch Golden Girls all the time. Yeah, he watched he watched Golden Girls and The Nanny. How could he stand her? But then people listen to Cardi B, so never mind. Hey, you know, talk about that queen. That which queen. one, Fran or Cardi? Cardi B. She is. I I Bell I had no issues. I had no issues with him though. Bell Kelly's Alcazar. Sounds like you're conjuring up something. <laughs> look, look, let me tell you, let me tell you something. She's having another baby. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, Cardi love. B is is, don't you, is ain't you married got a second a, baby. I don't, I don't like Cardi B. Don't you support black love? I support black people, yes. Black love. Comes I can listen like, to Cardi B in moderation. I, I can't. I can't say I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to her album. But I like some of the songs she's put out. I mean, she put out some bangers, man. Up when it's stuck. Why? All right, yeah, so the number one album anyway, this year, this one. Uh, the number one uh, album <laughs> is uh, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. It was number three last week, but now back up to number one. Number two, Hall of Fame by Polo G. Number three, The Voice of the Heroes by Lil Baby and Lil Dirk. What? I'm just, I'm laughing at No, a. I, th- I <laughs> I'm laughing at A. I, 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 I thought A was going <laughs> to. No, I'm just laughing at what he said before. Number four, Culture Three by Migos. Hold on. That shit charted? Yep. Yeah. It, it debuted at number two. Straightening did good. Okay, so I'm not the only one who doesn't like that song. <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, I mean, it's, it's, not their best, it's not their best effort. No. <laughs> That's why I feel like... like I think we talked about this. Like, with some songs, like you just kind of latch on to a phrase that sounds catchy and then try to write a song about it. I don't know, man, because that, that song... Speaking of which, like the, the, Bucks, the Bucks won. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's all good, man. It's all good. Oh, man. Giannis ain't playing game six, I bet you. No. Trey is. Oh, yeah. Hey, 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 hey you. <laughs> Hell the conquering hero. Come on in, bro. Hey, man. Trey, what, coach? We got the shot for you. Game six. <laughs> yeah. Lou didn't have another one in. <laughs> um, number, uh, where are we at? Number five, Morgan Wallen. You know, I did not know. He started out on The Voice. Who is this person? I didn't know that. Uh, country singer, and he... Um, he dropped an N-bomb. Yeah. Oh, was that the guy who was singing in front of his Confederate friends? <laughs> not that I heard, but... That could it was be some, anybody. It was some, <laughs> I think that was American Idol. Like he, he was doing real good, and then they found like some old videos of him singing at the Klan. Probably <laughs> oh. something like that. <laughs> I don't know about Hicks. that. Let me stop this. Taylor Hicks. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I say, um, Justin Bieber has found a way because like there's a video of him singing about. Um, oh yeah, dropping just N word after. Oh N-word. Yeah. yeah, and we just and now he got dreads, so we just don't care now. Yeah, right? and he's like doing albums with R. Kelly, and we gave him his hood pass back. <laughs> like we're like, here you go. Buddy. Anyway, um, <laughs> debuting at number six, "Back of My Mind" by her. Number seven, "Future Nostalgia" by Dua Lipa. Number eight, "Against This Pain," "Money Bag Yo." Number nine, Inside the Songs by Bo Burnham. And number 10, The Offseason by J. Cole. We'll get to the Artist 100. These are the uh, top artists based on radio airplay, sales, and social media conversation. Number one is Olivia Rodrigo. Number two, BTS. Number three, Polo G. Number four, Lil Baby. Number five, Taylor Swift. Number six, Luke Combs. Number seven, The Weeknd. Number eight, Ariana Grande. Number nine, Dua Lipa. And number 10, Doja Cat. And Doja Cat's still doing it, huh? Because she just put out an album. 
Ben, you like that, don't you? I like Amelia Hill. She's pretty good. Okay. I don't know the difference between Doja Cat, Cardi B, and... um. Well, Doja Cat is more of a singer. She raps sometimes, but she yeah. sings more. Her song, I like. I do like the song with with that she's got with SZA, "Kiss Me More." Great video too. Ben, we know Ben had some fun with that video. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. Uh, courtesy of my uh, my um, discovery. Uh, I've ne- I'd never heard of this band. They're called Forty Foot Echo. The name of the song is Brand New Day. Um, I mean, there's nothing special about it. It's kind of your standard pop rock fare. Oh, I yeah. thought you would have heard of it because of the soundtrack that it's on. What soundtrack is it on? The remake of Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. What? It was on that? I only saw that movie once, so I didn't know it was on there, though. Maybe I did hear it, like, subconsciously. Anyway, let's play the song. This is Brand New Day by 40 Foot Echo, and we'll be right back. I'm sorry. Never thought I'd be the one to bring you down. Now when I look out my window. But there doesn't seem to be. That is Brand New Day by 40 Foot Echo. And uh, that is from the Freaky Friday original soundtrack. <laughs> I don't know what scene it is, but it's on there. And you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist on Spotify right now. So we started this particular episode Ooh. with the... Here we go. Rockefeller <laughs> Rough Riders collaboration, Money Cash Hoes. And I believe that was from uh, Jay Z's album. I think that was from volume two. 
I remember high school. I remember being out in high school. I remember that much. Um, let me see what out. Yeah, it was on volume two. Is that high step? Oh, and it's playing on my computer. Sorry. Is it, what year was that? Like 95? Uh, this was 98. 98, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was 98. So my freshman year high school. So we'll be talking about the documentary uh, Backstage. Uh, came out in 2000, and it chronicles the Hard Knock Life Tour from 1999. Oh, hold on a second. Okay. Which... Uh, <clears throat> Features, um, which which featured uh, Jay Z, DMX, Method Man, Red Man, Ja Rule, uh, Memphis Bleak, Benny Siegel, Emil. We get into the dregs here. Yeah, DJ, <laughs> and DJ Clue. DJ Clue. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dame Dash. Dame Dash. Feature well, in the film, uh, I, I was just talking about who was on the tour. Okay. But yeah. But Dame Dash is a prominent figure in the documentary, of course. Uh, produced by or directed by Chris Fiore. Uh, I think it was his first film. Uh, he's done a couple of other documentaries. Uh, let's try and pull up what he's done because I was just looking at it the other day. Um, he. Uh, not, not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. Uh, one called Trip and Go Naked. Which was about the about Mistress Otter and her troupe of deviant performance artists. Um, oh. The Occupation of New York, RNC 2004, a short film about the Republican National Convention in 2004. Wow. Um, he did one for Paramore. Hmm. Paramore he, born for this. He wrote three episodes of Dead Tenants for the Learning Channel. <laughs> and. He wrote, uh, co-produced, and he produced and co-directed with Dash, uh, the Takeover, which was a reality show pilot featuring Damon Dash. Of course, of course, of course, it was. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, the backstage is his magnum opus. <laughs> I hope not. Um, but anyway. It looks like he's more of a writer anyway, more than a director. But anyway, anyway. so this came out in 2000. Uh, I remember this being a big deal uh, because documentaries being shown in theaters doesn't happen that often. Like it wasn't it was marketed as a regular like a movie you could go to the theater and see. But who's going to go see a documentary like that, even if it includes all these artists? Um, And uh, the soundtrack being produced by DJ Clue. And I thought it was songs that were maybe like some hits from the artists who were on the tour. It's like a bunch of new stuff. And uh, while DMX is a prominent figure in this documentary, he is not on the soundtrack at all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> at all. So uh, let me get the background that I made for this going here. So um, we'll start with you, Abe. Uh, you're able to watch it today. You're able to find it. <laughs> yeah, it was a it, it, was, it was a search. Uh, so what did you what was the first thing you noticed while you were watching it? Um, I don't necessarily it kind of reminds me of a bad version of Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> it's like, is there a such thing? Like, can it be like worse than what it already was? Well, because <laughs> like the, the, the bad uh, Girls Gone Wild had like 
real girls going wild, but then they had like <laughs> <laughs> they had like porn stars in there too, right? So they'd be like, "Girl, oh yeah, show me your titties," and it's like really disjointed, <laughs> all over the place. There's really no cohesion as far as story, so it's hard to really pick out what the fuck is going on. Um, and that's definitely in this. Like, it took me a while to really understand that they were focusing on, and maybe because I'm just dumb, um, that some of the artists, they would focus on a particular artist at a particular time, right? Um, they would talk about DMS. They would talk about Jay-Z. They would talk about Dame Dash. Um, and the, the scary thing about it is, is that, man, you understand why artists don't look good in their 50s, right? In their 40s, Good right? so hard. It's just um, Red Man looked like um, the last shower a, uh, a wino would take before before he commits to the street. Like, <laughs> um, Dame Dash is, is is trying to be prophet and priest, but he it, was too. Yeah, much. I, like, I wouldn't want. He seemed like he just seemed like a whack nigga to be on tour with. Like, man, stop! I don't want to talk about business here. I'm here to have sex with hoes. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to talk about the crew. I don't want to hear about that. No, there, there is a. I think there is a reason why he was the way he was, and I I credit that to, um, because they they kind of brought this up, and it, it was something that that kind of caught my attention. The hip hop tour, I think they ha- they were trying to go against all the stereotypes that they believe there are that you know that that white people think there there are with a hip hop tour. Like there's gonna be a lot of violence. It's gonna be people shooting each other at shows. We gotta have a hundred metal detectors when people come to the show. You know, all these people are going. All they're gonna be doing is smoking weed and getting drunk. There was smoking weed and there getting was getting drunk. drunk yeah, but. It didn't deter from the tour, from the performances itself. At least that's how that's how they tried to make it look in the documentary. So they they wanted it to be a successful tour to go against because like what Damon Dash said, like they wanted to pair Jay Z with an R and B act going out on tour. And he said, Come back when we sell three million albums and we wanna get we wanna get DMX and we wanna get some of our artists on this tour. I mean, because it, that's what people are people are coming to see these artists. They're you don't have to pair them with an R and B artist. I, I will say one of the success of the tour was everybody was feeding off each other's ratchetness. Right? And if that's a still word we still use or how about this? Everybody was feeding off each other's. Uh, well, we try to clean it up, so you got to use the word energy. That's the that's the word people use. More. I was gonna say niggerdom. <laughs> that's an even older word <laughs> like, like the, 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 the nigger them was strong in that movie um, sounds like what Uncle Ruckus would say I mean it, it, very it, it strong was, <laughs> it was it, like I, I, I go back to a scene where the girl um, and shout out to all the women out here in 2021 ladies y'all have come up because yeah, that was that was 19, quite disappointing. Nineteen ninety and nineteen eighty bitches were rough. You hear me? This was this was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, this is right before they discovered. Hey, maybe we want to start putting some um some makeup on, right? But <laughs> um, these girls would go in with like all these standards. But I'm, I'm not having sex with you. And like the next scene, they walk up to the bathroom and like she's um performing acts. It, it's just that was the most. That was probably of the whole thing. 
the most disturbing part. Like they, I should say, it was. It just seemed so casual. Yeah. There was yeah. absolutely no lead up. Yeah. Just next thing you know, he's walking into the bathroom. And, and, and I might have missed something. People who may have, who are more fans of this movie, or seen it multiple times, fans. and maybe know who that guy is. But like, who is this guy? And he why? Like someone pretending to be Benny Siegel. That's what. He <laughs> that, that's another thing. We he's somebody's about. road manager. This, that's what I'm talking about. Off of the show, it's like to me, if you're a groupie and you're gonna do these sets at. Please have sex with Jay-Z. If it's looking like it's not going to happen, go home. But that's the thing, though. That's the thing that the other guys, the road manager or the the bodyguards or security or, you know, your entourage, that's what they're going to take advantage of. Yeah, Yeah. she wants to get to Jay-Z, but she got to go through these other guys to get to him. And it's still not a guarantee. Yeah. So ben she, and I were talking about this like like two minutes before you got here. <laughs> that, like that's who you got to get. Like that's the like the the story of like oh I had to get with this manager or his backup dancer. Wait a minute. Or whatever. Wait a and then and then after and then you know after she gives head in the bathroom like oh where, can I meet Jay Z now? Oh you just missed, missed him. him. He's gone. So so basically he these, just left. He'll be these, back next year. These women are fucking like <laughs> Super Mario Brother bosses. Like Jay Z is <laughs> yes, that that <laughs> is that is the. Dime. Dynamic, yes. <laughs> but before you get there, you like and he's in another castle. And as soon as exactly like, as soon as, yes. as, soon as yes. you finish looking yes. like the um the security guard, you just missed him. But if you go to the guy who signed his shoes, he's always with him. You go, yeah, it, it just You just keep trying. It's a maze, it's a puzzle. But one thing I wish they would have put in the documentary, and I said it's in all serious. They talked about Jay Z's um rapping, right? And they yeah. talked about how he was a good lyricist. I want to see the rap he gave to these women to abort these unwomen children. <laughs> I, I, I want to know what his flow was to get these women to flush these kids. Because I know Jay, Jay-Z, only child is with Beyonce. At so he met three. her, he met her the year Beyonce. later. Yeah. He met her a year later. Cause I'm, so watching one scene where he's up there rapping and they're throwing stuff at him, he kind of dodges it. I was like, oh, is he with Beyonce yet? Nope, no. met in 01. That's when they started dating. I was like, oh, okay. So, but no, did you see the was girl? He I, think, I think him and him and Dame Dash were still fighting over Aaliyah at the time. Well, I was wondering, was he, because he dated Rosario Dawson. When was he dating her? Uh, I don't know. Because he even rapped it, but he even gave her a verse and lost one. One of his verses was about her. But did you see the woman who threw Jay Z's panties? I would have died some things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Like, oh, somebody went to Chili's. She was, <laughs> she was, yeah, I'm the one who threw my panties at you, Jay-Z. Ugh. All right, there's this uh there's this website called Who's Dated Who. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know how true any of this is because they they have it separated by marriage, dated, or encounter. So uh at that time of the tour, like, okay, apparently he he dated T Boz. Uh, Foxy Brown, Maya, oh my, Emil, Mariah Carey. Uh, Emil. Emil had prominent damn, features. Damn, Mariah Carey. Uh, someone named Carmen Bryan. I think she's a model or actress. I don't know. Uh, Charlie Baltimore. Okay. Christina Milian. Damn, Christina got around, man. Uh, well, Corinne Stephens. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but was, do you call that dating or? 
Is, is that arrangement. Like, no. <laughs> that encounter. Encounter. According to this website, they use the word encounter. I, I think it's more like a timeshare. Like everybody, <laughs> everybody Damn, get a term. <laughs> uh, Rosario Dawson is on here, but this may have been after the tour. Yeah, it, it says 2000. 2000 yeah. Uh, so if it's like a timeshare, did does Bill Maher did he pay the most? Because I know he like will not stop talking about her. To this day, Bill Maher does not stop talking. What about does Darius McCrary say about her? Okay. No, no, he's the one who who sells the timeshare to everybody else. He's <laughs> always somebody who talks about how great the timeshare is until you pay for it. He's like, ah, oh, it's all right, but it's always like the guy at like the Amway meeting or the pyramid scheme. It's like, ah, oh, there's all these fees it's, though, man. Like, it's that man. It's the best time of my life. That's him. That's Bill Maher. There's some other another uh, name, interesting names on here. Well, like I said, Aaliyah, Trina, Blue Cantrell, Free from Widow Six and Park. Blue Rihanna, Cantrell. Kim Kardashian, Rihanna, Rihanna. Yes, they said he dated Rihanna. Yeah, no, he fucked Rihanna. How? He was with Beyonce. I guess she made lemonade. So clearly, none of this, all this is happening. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't mind, man. Because sometimes, sometimes you catch Rihanna in the right, in the right light. She got that Jamaican thing going. But Drake never got it. Cause Drake, a Drake sucker, was man. simping, man. Drake was simping. The dude was like, amazing. I like I said before, he was in a relationship with Rihanna, and Rihanna's like, eh. yeah. And Rihanna's like, look, you don't understand. I'm from Barbados. If it don't look like you can, you can't whoop my ass. Then I'm not gonna date you. <laughs> yeah. All right, I own. You seen my dad? So you're <laughs> saying that ASAP Rocky looks like he can beat her? She fell in love with him when he found out that he from the islands. It's not about. The, the actual domestic violence is that you had that energy. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. We know who had too much of it. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, nobody, nobody wants domestic violence. Like, she dated Chris Brown, and he had the energy, but he took it too far. He had that Virginia okay. energy. <laughs> he, he, that like, type of hammock. See, see, the, see, the problem is, is this is a different type of love. Uh, oh, this is gonna sound bad. Yeah, man. I know it is. <laughs> it's a different kind of love between American domestic violence and island domestic violence. Oh like, Lord, here we go. <laughs> if the island man whoop your ass, like he gonna go out there and help you pick the sugar cane with you, right? He, he gonna pretend like it never happened, right? <laughs> we both messed up. <laughs> okay, look, uh, I I got some notes. Uh, that we need. Was, you uh, let me go on this tangent. I know. You I know. Me. I should have stopped you. Know you. I, have a I know. Bad it's my fault. With this. It is my fault. So I just, let's just. I have <laughs> notes too, but this movie was all. I'm serious. I, it was all over the place. It, it was. really was. It, it was. It was like I said. It. No direction. Most documentaries, I expect the voiceover or something to keep the flow going. Yeah. To, yeah. To keep a. a uh, um, a narrative. A, yeah, a, yeah. It a just seemed like view. a bunch it of clips that they this, cut this, together. This, this. Yeah, it felt like a really bad, a really long bad promo video. Uh yeah. Um, uh, one thing I, 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 one of the first notes I made was like, um, uh, Method Man was saying the right things at the beginning, like the press conference at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, we. Like, because someone asked, like, what do you think? Is there going to be, like, a clash of egos? Or it's like, <laughs> well, we're, we're all grown men and we're here to make money. Yeah. I don't think, like, the artists as far as, like, Method Man and Red Man and Jay-Z, DMX, and even Ja Rule, there were no clashes between them. I, if I, there were clashes, it was between their entourages or with other. <clears throat> Hanger-ons. Right. Yeah. I will say this. Um, Method Man is a nasty SOB. Did you hear what he said about how he used to 
um, do stuff to people's eyes and yeah, food. I kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just yeah. him and Redman are, are kind. They're they're gross. They're, they're kind of gross. Yeah, he performed himself. I mean, you don't even see that Method Man acting now, right? Yeah, he did a yeah. voiceover in a podcast I listened to. No, he's in. Um, but he's Power. acting too. But yeah, yeah. he did a voice. He did the voice of um, Ben Ulrich in um, Marvels. It's a good podcast, but digress. Uh, next one I was a. Uh, Y'all keep track of how uncomfortable Benny Siegel seemed to look whenever there's a camera on him. Yeah. What is his story? Like he 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 looks uncomfortable. He reminds me of when a a nice girl get a hood nigga. And he, and he try to get him on Facebook or something. <laughs> hey, baby, he just be looking no, like he, no. For real. he looks he out of everybody, he looks ordinary. Yes, and I think that's what why you know I was like he, you know it looked like the girl who he went in the bathroom with. That could have been Benny Siegel because Benny Siegel looked like just a regular dude that put on a pair of shorts, some slides, and a shirt, and they're like, "Hey, come rap." And he he looked the he looked the most uncomfortable, and I think and part of why like people make fun of that he's not. Um, He's not the the star that I guess he could have been because mm-hmm. the talent was there is because he and I kind of look at it this way with um, all almost all the entire Rockefeller roster, except for Jay-Z and Kanye. Um, in a way, you could also say Cameron, but they kind of saw beyond or saw like the next step as far as their music career. Mm-hmm or at least the the things that they had to do to advance their music career while Benny Siegel like didn't want to do really any of that stuff. He didn't want to be involved in that kind of thing as far as, you know, meeting with certain people who are influential yeah. or uh showing that he could be this charismatic, engaging personality. Yeah. Well, because I mean, he's the he's fighting dudes on the bus. Yeah. But what do we see Jay Z doing? I think the worst thing was like, okay, he played he played dice, but he was drinking champagne, signing yeah. autographs, and but again, uh, he it, was getting the superstar treatment. Yeah. I mean, but again, this was heavily um, doctored and cut, so I'm pretty sure before it was released, it put the select right people. Oh yeah, in no, the best we talked light. about that. Like, it kind of reminds me of like straight out of Compton, where there's yeah. sanitized. Yeah, there's no Michelle yeah. Like Dre was not out here hitting well, women. He was just... Dr. Dre <laughs> and Ice Cube. Yeah, uh, are producing the film yeah. exactly <laughs> about so, them. Yeah. So I mean, I feel it's the same way with this documentary, um, where. They chose to um, put the limelight on the people they thought would have the most longevity. Yep. And or if Dame, if Dame liked you, if Dame thought exactly. your career would go far, and that's why yeah. they spent in an in order amount of time with Jaru, which I found freaking hilarious. Yeah, he, like, looked, like he, was, he looked like he was twitchy. Like, he was still on his first album. Yeah, at the he, time. he. But people thought rough. like, man, Jaru is gonna be it. Yeah. Where well, I mean, there were there were the, there was that crop of rappers coming out of New York that people thought were. I still remember people thinking DMX was gonna take up the mantle of Tupac. Jay Z was supposed to be the next big thing. The next biggie. Ja Rule was like, Ja Rule was. I never heard him compared to anybody. It was just that he was gonna be a star. Well, I think he was gonna be. Um, they were grooming him to be the next mainstream. Because he dressed guy. like Tupac. He yeah. tried to act yeah. like he stole yeah. his style. Yeah. But he wasn't, clearly we knew he wasn't as talented, but he was a showman. 
I mean, to an extent, all rappers are. It's just that, um, again, <clears throat> Ja Rule made like some very, very heavy mistakes. Um, way before Fire Festival. <laughs> way or oh, way before I me. Mean, Fire yeah, Festival. Or Fifty got a hold of him. Like yeah. it, it, it was. It, he started off and he found like a, a, a niche, and instead of moving away from it. He just or dove. At least mixing it up. Yeah, yeah, he dove into it, and then someone came and knocked his head off. And then instead of making it better, he did the um, the interview with Farrakhan. And don't get me wrong, we all love Minister Farrakhan, right? He's but, polarizing. He's one of the very polarizing. He's polarizing just within black people. Yeah, very polarizing. And, but it doesn't. It, even if he's polarizing, it's not going to give you the shine that you want. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't look like I'm going to sit down and air my grievances with two grown men. It's looking like, Daddy, the other kid hurt my feelings, <laughs> <laughs> and I need you to come make me feel better, right? It, 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 it is, it's fascinating to look at um, the people you knew had the skill past music to do something that better, yeah. right? And as much as Dame Dash likes to run at the mouth, and that's one of the, the things I have against him, um, you can tell that most of what he's talking about is just talk, right? Um, with Jay-Z, you understood, and one guy said something that was, um, that was that struck a chord with me. He said, Jay-Z is a hustler more than he is a rapper, right? Yeah. And you can see that in some of the things that he's made. And a lot of those guys um, get so much fame, get so much popularity, are having the time in their life without understanding it at the end of this role. And I think D- Dane was trying to tell him that. He was trying to get that to DJ Clue's head. But <laughs> DJ Clue was like, look, man, I'm DJ Clue. Like, uh, yeah, I'm lazy, but... I'm going to be around forever. <laughs> I'm going to be around forever, and it's just not like that. The game, yeah. is, the game changes... Um, so far, so fast that we're talking like, man, this is only twenty years, but um, New York ain't even on the map anymore. Like, yeah, a lot of those dudes don't. Everyone, like, everybody here is New York, New Jersey, right? Except for Beanie Siegel, I think he's he's from Philly, Philly, Philly. but like it's essentially like those northeast large cities. That's where you're from, and. It was like watching it. It was. It, it felt kind of like. It really kind of felt like New York the tour. Like that's what it felt like. It was just a. It was a bunch of those New York rappers, and, I mean, I don't have any any disrespect against New York or East Coast rap, but they they think they're like God's gift to rap. I'll just say it. They really. I've always felt they think they're God's gift to rap, and I don't. I don't always think that, but that's yeah. I mean, the only thing that here's the issue that I've always had with New York. Um, flow versus um, being in Atlanta and yeah, I guess I'm biased but the Atlanta flow is to me production first and lyrics last mm-hmm. whereas the New York's were lyrics first production last and it seemed like the New York stuff the rapping and the lyrics were good but the the, the production and the sound was just so whack that Sometimes you could find it wasn't taking as serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Compared to the South, it it sounds like. Well, I mean, like it was. So I think to to kind of go further, I think it's because they took rap serious, serious. Sometimes too serious. So the samples you got were never fun samples. They were like very serious. 
jazz samples. Like I think of like the world is mine. Like that's a jazz sample, and that's cool. But like it's a really serious sample. Like you like you listen to really any of those like early Nas Jay Z samples. Well, there were and there when and the, and also from that, I think that's a um, that was either Pete Rock or DJ Premier. I think that was it. that produced that yeah. song. Mm-hmm. And some of those like producers like Pete Rock, DJ Premier, and Large Professor, uh, uh, Easy Moby, they grew up listening to jazz. Mm-hmm. And with fusing that with hip hop, they're going to go with what they're influenced oh, yeah. by. So they influence other producers in that way. But you get some producers who probably don't like jazz all that much or they don't mm-hmm. listen to other genres that much mm-hmm. or the, like the obscure stuff because then, you know, somebody like, I guess somebody like Kanye comes along and he's sampling the most obscure things you could yeah, think of. I'm working with people like John Bryan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so there weren't a lot of, and part of why New York hip hop fell as a whole is there weren't a lot of people pushing the envelope in that way. Like those guys, okay, we're gonna go this jazz route. Okay, yeah. now, now, now what? They didn't the, know the, how to have like, fun. It's it's change. It's changing now. Yeah. So how do you how do you give it more energy or how do you? They they didn't think outside the box. Yeah. It it kind of and then the rappers of, don't think outside the box either. It yeah. makes me think of what Finn McKinty says, and I, I I keep bringing him up, but he just has so many good points. Is your music the soundtrack of a good time? Southern music became the soundtrack of a good time. Like, especially in the early 2000s with Crunk and Snap. Yeah, I mean, it, it was about being cool. Yeah. So, like, you have a song like Get Low. That is literally the soundtrack of a good time. It is about going to the club, getting a dance from a girl who can get low. Like, that is, th- that it became, and so, yeah, like, it, it, and New and York could not keep up with the evolution. New York, it's like they didn't even try. Yeah, they didn't Like, okay, to. well, 50 Cent got a chance to do that. Uh, but he might have been the closest. But I mean, but it had to be like influence from somebody else because yeah, that was Dr. a Dr. Dre. Dre. Had yeah. to come in. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you look at Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre's um influence, and that's one of the reasons why they used to always send him to rappers to rehab their career. What he was essentially doing is divorcing them from a sound that they used all the time, right? Yeah. Because uh, Dr. Dre was uh, a student of music. Oh yeah. Um, and I, and it, this goes to um, something. So there's a a TikTok of Mystical doing the freestyle, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know he's uh, I'm cold with a line no hair. Um, <laughs> if you ever catch if you ever catch me in the forest of the grizzly bear, help the bear, right? So um, the reason why I bring that up is is that. My dad used to say that all the time. Like, when we used to go and um, ask him and say, I'm just trying to help you out. He's like, don't help me help the bear, right? So I'm thinking to myself, did my dad listen to Mystical? No. So um, <laughs> it is an old um, southern blues song mm-hmm. called Help the Bear, okay. right? Um, that's one of the differences between the New York sound where um, it was heavily influenced by jazz um, and the Southern sound and why the Southern sound has a little bit more longevity because the Southern sound and its roots has never been about what you were saying because a lot of our history is steeped in coded words mixed over 
a good beat. Slave songs mm. um, are are created to have a good beat that you can hum along to with repetition, but you cannot give away the secrets because we're telling you how to escape master's house, <laughs> but we just can't say, look, um, John ain't going to be going to take the key from master at 3 o'clock tonight. Y'all all be outside with your burlap sacks. No, it's more of a, uh, a tonal thing that is, um, to me, makes music and rap a little bit more palatable, right? Um, and, it's, and it's to the extent now where Migos is so formulaic, um, but the beats are so well done. Um, I feel like the next evolution of rap is going to be something like what um, the baby's doing or... Um, something like what Little Baby's doing, where even though you're rapping, your delivery is so interesting that I want to hear more. Mm. You know what I mean? It is The beat is always fire. The beat compliments you. Um, but your delivery is what I want to listen to. Your yeah, bars. There's, there's a flow to yes. them mm-hmm. that if you pay attention, they are actually saying something Mm -hmm. to where like now the lyrics are starting to matter a little bit more Mm -hmm. and and, and, um lyrics and that goes with the delivery like one of the things you say about cardi b and we could say a lot about um (laughs) cardi b right that's right (laughs) but (laughs) but cardi b um mad the stallion doja cat sweetie are are copying um an aesthetic that look I'm more interested in what you got to say the way you say it and does it match the delivery past anything to do with absolute actually the um what you're talking about. Like you can be like Cardi B stuff is uh, very formulaic, it's very repetitious but it's interesting, right? And it goes to her character of it being interesting. And in New York stuff, after a while, and um, Benny Siegel, when he got up there and did the freestyle, that was interesting, right? I, I forgot w- he did freestyle. Yeah. Right, right. I wish um, they had gave him the shine or he had the ingenuity enough to take that and really run with it another way than trying to fit into a mold of what Jay-Z and um, Dame Dash. And that was a mold that he didn't seem to be yeah. interested in doing and in, in, in dealing with. And, 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 and the Jay-Z thing is, is fascinating to me because Jay-Z is, is a lot like Donald Trump for New York, right? Mm. That Jay-Z shit is a cult. It's not... The Jaywalkers. The Jaywalkers. <laughs> that shit is real, man. When he came out... Um, Jay-Z's flow is good, but he's the best. Is he the best rapper ever? No. Anybody who knows real rap knows that what Jay-Z's doing is good, but it ain't the best. Like, if we were going to take this to a basketball analogy, Jay-Z is like Kevin Durant. Like, you want him to be uh, a mm-hmm. Steph Curry or um, or uh, uh, LeBron James. But, but he he's think not. he Jordan. But he think yeah. he is. He, he think he is, right? <laughs> Um, but if you look at somebody who is lyrically better than him, like Andre 3000, right? Andre 3000 is world's better than Jay-Z, right? 
Not necessarily, and, and it's it's just because um, that cult up there in New York has been brainwashed mm-hmm. to believe that everything he raps all the time is the best line ever. Well, and do you think? Do you think part of it though, also because this is at the time, this is three years after Biggie's murder, and I kind of look at it as Jay Z starts to come up. Like reasonable doubt, and then a year later, Biggie is murdered. So it's like Jay Z kind of took on a little bit of that persona because Biggie was supposed to be like this. Biggie was molded by Diddy to be this, uh, basically, this black exploitation movie character, drug like, dealer turned superstar, like Superfly, right, or the Mac, right. And it's kind of like Jay Z kind of took that concept. And instead of wearing Coogee sweaters, he wore, I, I had this note, any football jersey you could find. Everyone had yeah. on a jersey, no matter what city. But it, it didn't matter what player. Yeah, Baron Davis, I had to UCLA. look up Skip Hicks. Yeah. <laughs> That's who Hicks was. He was a running back for Washington. Yeah. Skip Hicks. Half of those he played like bargain three store. years in the NFL. Bargain store. <laughs> but um, but that goes. That DJ Clue had on a Chris Child jersey. <laughs> I mean, that goes to your point with Beyonce too, and that's why they're the match made in heaven, because their <laughs> their rise is after the death of somebody. Jeez, who, damn. For who? For who's Beyonce, Beyonce? Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Like when Aaliyah died, there was a star search. Type event to find the next the next that pop R and B that's where Sierra came from Cassie Ashanti all of them but I don't think Beyonce was ever gunning for that I I always felt like Beyonce was was in the lane more of a Mary J Blige no 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 no, that's who they that's who they idolized they even said they idolized her they wanted to they they said that I'm talking about the way she was marketed but I'm just saying in terms of the sound they were going for they said they. They modeled their sound after Mary J. Blige, hip hop beats, R and B singing. But as far as the 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 branding and marketing of her herself, I think it was they were looking more the, for well, the, Matthew Knowles' idea. Well, cause see, cause see, here's the thing: and no shade to Mary J. Blige. I know she doesn't. I hope she doesn't. Basically, it sounds like she Beyonce is Mary J. Blige, but she can dance a little bit. No, no here's, <laughs> see what what and made, she can sing better. What made Ashanti? What made Ashanti the the rare talent is she could write. No, it's a, it's a lot of things. It's a bunch of things. She's a musical person who can write, who can sing, but she also fine, right? Like unapologetically easy on the eyes. Like I don't have to put a slather her with a whole lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. I don't have to um, show her in the right light. She is a bona fide star. Beyonce is that. Mary J. Blige is not cute. She didn't have to be cute though. But she can sing. Her music, her music but, is. People... But if I'm marketing somebody, if I want to get to the to the next level, mm-hmm. past just the music thing, like because a lot of these people are are um stars, right? They're they're commodities. Mm-hmm. You gotta look, you gotta look good on the package. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Ashanti, uh, right before she died, she had the Escalade thing she was doing. Aaliyah? She was Aaliyah. Yeah. Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Ashanti. <laughs> Ashanti is like. All the other people who are the lesser than Ashanti's when they were doing their star search look for the next one after she died is either cute or can sing. Mm -hmm. Beyonce was both. 
right? Mm -hmm. And then she came with ready-made, I don't want to call them slaves, but (laughs) (laughs) she came with ready-made backup dancers. Neighbors. 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 Right. Um, Kelly Rowland might be her secret half-sister. But anyway. (laughs) And then on the Jay-Z side is we looking for to sell uh, um, we need somebody un- unapologetically Negroid to rap, right? Negroid, Negroid. <laughs> meaning that you know he doesn't come, he he doesn't come, he doesn't form his words um well. He's gruff, he's 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 bash, he's a little ugly. All of those things is gonna make the perfect hip hop person. Of course, he gotta sell drugs. Then he got a flow. Then he got a story. I heard so much about them damn Marcy apartments. It's like I was there, right? <laughs> so when when um, when Biggie died, Biggie was perfect because Biggie had a flow. He was a little ugly. We can market that, right? Because um, he's selling uh, uh, a fantasy to middle America that they want to see from New York, right? And Jay-Z is the next best thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking any of their talent. They use that as a launching pad, but they're in the stratosphere now, right? As um the kings and queens. They're like black royalty at this a point. A black yeah. royalty, yeah. right? But never underestimate the start of if Biggie had a survived, there wouldn't be a Jay-Z. And if Ashanti had a survive, Ali- he keeps saying Aaliyah. Aaliyah. He killed Ashanti three times. <laughs> <laughs> if Aaliyah hadn't survived, um, there would be no Beyonce. Mm. I mean, that's it's an interesting theory. Cause I, mean, I can believe that I can believe the Biggie and Jay Z one more, especially since they're both from Brooklyn. I still think I I don't think, and I mean I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't think Beyonce's talent would be denied. Like there's no way she doesn't. But that up. but the, all the things that she is, Beyonce reminds me of like Janet Jackson who can sing. Janet Jackson was beautiful, right? Yeah. Um, the only problem was her voice was just so weak, right? Yeah. Beyonce is if you could build a pop star. Oh yeah, that would be Beyonce. It's Beyonce yeah. And it's and it's not anything um, that is manufactured. Beyonce was fine when she was hustling CDs at Peppermint Music at Greenbrier. Like when you saw her walk in, he was like, "Oh wait, what? You don't she did that? I didn't. I didn't." When I, Beyonce first came out. Um, I thought they're from Houston. What was she doing in Atlanta? Promo promo tour. Well, promo tour. Oh, I thought I thought like she was living here, like just selling CDs. No, she wasn't selling. They, they okay. just came out with that album, gotcha. okay. and they were they were popular right after that um, thing with Petey Pablo. Um, was she it Petey? Freaky League? No, you're thinking of uh, Wyclef. The um, no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. Um, then both of them are obscure. So anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, they just came out with Bills, Bill, Bills, um, and they were only known as the backup singers for the Wyclef thing, right? Mm-hmm. They went to Greenbrier Mall, Peppermint Music, and I know my sister's gonna hate this. My sister's the original Beehive because she was real excited to see these women, right? So when we saw them, I was like, oh man. Um, the only thing I remember, and this is before I really really got into like oh she fine or what like that when you see beyonce in person not now because you know there's memes of her turning to satan on the youtube right <laughs> <laughs> but in the beginning when she was like fresh facing young you can tell that she was a superstar right um and some people are just born that way but she wouldn't have got her shine no one would have looked at her 
if um Aaliyah, I got a name right this time, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Aaliyah hadn't had died. Well, I think it was kind of at the same time. I mean, when Aaliyah died, we the Destiny's Child was still Destiny's Child had would were stars at the time. I kind of see where you're going, but I don't know if that's the right parallel to go. Yeah, I just, but e- I just either don't way, think they. Well, I mean, that's that's a whole other episode. Yeah, though. I want yeah. I want to get back to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, there was a scene, and I, I mentioned this to Ben, where after the first show, they go back to the hotel. Again, Benny Siegel looks completely uncomfortable with the cameras, and like, look at all these groupy asses out here. Uh. Method Man comes in, going towards the elevator. All these women are coming, chasing Method Man. And they would still would today. <laughs> uh, yeah, the thirst is real. Yeah. Just, the, only, <laughs> the only thing now is that they somebody aunt. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, if you but, look at the power forms, like, um, he did the scene, and they were talking about, oh, and I was like, nigga, Method Man? But yeah, go ahead, man. But, go ahead. uh but if you see that scene where he's going to get on the elevator and they're like, go to the bar, go to the bar. So he then he turns and goes towards the hotel bar or whatever. All the women are chasing after him. But then all those women, you see Ja Rule. No one stopped to even look at Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> because he's just as short as they are. <laughs> ja Rule is a tragic character. Like, um, when you look at when you look at this. You can tell that it, again, I mean, we're watching this with 2021 eyes. Which makes it even funnier. It, it, it still made it funny. Yeah, I mean, J, Jairu was talking about his friends and making fun of them. And <laughs> and you just think, you you poor, poor man, you think you're going to be on top forever. And it just never happened for him. Like One thing I wanted to, uh, earlier wanted to bring up, when, I don't know who asked the question, like, why do y'all watch so many gangster flicks? And they're like, we just watch Goodwill Hunting. And I said, someone should make a rap about Goodwill Hunting. Yes. That would be hilarious. Do y'all think that question was racist? Yes. Yes and no. So, the, how no? Well, because, so, yes and no, as in, like, yes, there was some racial tinge behind it. No, because it's literally called gangster rap. So you're gonna ask that type. That's that's a question, literally, that someone's like you. You have to ask that question. It's it's the kind of racism that is so blatant that I mean, because they asked them, um, is it gonna be safe here, or um, we need to have security and metal detectors? And then I don't know if it was Benny Siegel who said this. But he was like, but when we go to the marsh pits, yeah, who uh, was it, no, it was a uh, DJ Twins. Yeah, yeah, with Everclear. Yeah, he was like, it, 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 they people are breaking arms, and none, none of that's happening here. The question was racist. The interview was racist. I, I say this: uh, the reason I say yes and no is because who produced this? Dame Dash, meaning these sorts of questions are approved by him. Who do you think told him that, told them to ask that question? Like, but you got you got to remember, Dame Dash went to preparatory school. I'm just saying, like Dame. I I want to get more into Dame Dash because he's got he clearly but has his hands I, I, over I, all over this. One more note <laughs> I want to make before we get into Dame Dash, because he's the he's the face of this movie. Yeah, he clearly. really is. Um, <laughs> I cringed at the snippets of the dudes rapping at to Dame Dash or yeah, uh, the guy the guy doing the beatbox on the bus. Yeah, 
like I was cringing at that because like y'all trying to make it. Yeah. And it's not going to happen. And nope. then Benny Siegel explains what happens to your demo tape. Yeah, that was, <laughs> at the label. Yeah, they say, "Oh, you do your, they do your, they do your demo." Dirty. I thought he was going to say like they did in Hustle and Flow, where they just put it in the toilet and pee on it. So, I so I find that interesting because so as we talk about looking at this at tw- in, with twenty twenty one eyes, um, they no longer get to be the gatekeepers. And I think that's one of yeah. the best things about the evolution of music and the internet is people like Dame Dash, who I came out of this movie not really liking anymore, don't get to be the gatekeepers. You don't get to tell me anymore what talent is and what's good. I get to decide that on my own. So you can have some guy in middle America can self-produce, self, you know, do everything. I get a producer, make his own album, put it, up put on it out SoundCloud. there and let you, de- you as a listener decide. Yeah. I.e. someone like Lil Nas X, who we talked about earlier. Lil Nas X gets big off of a off of a TikTok meme. Essentially, twenty years ago, we probably never hear from from someone like Lil Nas because X. he doesn't fit a mold, and that and that goes back to when you asked the question, "Is it racist?" And you said, "I don't think it's that racist because Dame Dash is is so much a part of it." You have to have a little bit of a disrespect for your own people. Mm-hmm. To treat them that way. So you make you make a good point, but that's why I'm saying like, if it's coming from the reporters, I don't think the reporters ask that question without permission. Oh no no no! It, it, it's all it's all about selling the persona. Yeah, and Dame and I and that's why I came out of this movie not really liking Dame Dash. But he got his comeuppance. So all right, let's let's get into that. Um, Who stole this money from him? Somebody stole some money from him. Didn't I know well, no, him like out. Lee Lee Daniels borrowed some money <laughs> and Lee hadn't paid it back. Apparently, That's stealing. But and, uh, and and even before we get to that, because I, I wanted to mention this as well. So one of the things that I forget who it was, I think it was Ja Rule who was talking about like rappers coming not coming from the suburbs. Like oh, they have to come from the streets. Once again, mm-hmm. twenty years later, yeah, that doesn't hold up. Does not hold up. Oh no, that was the uh, the the. The, ma- the road manager. The road manager. two managers okay. talking about that. Once again, does not hold up. You no longer get to be the gatekeepers, um, which I found. But I also found it interesting because it seemed like they saw where music was going um, in terms of the ownership part, owning your own masters. Um, that's a little bit further down the line where they talked about that because I, I made some notes about Prince and Master P and Cash Money. We can get there. But it did seem like they kind of saw where it was going and wanted to get a piece of it. Um, but yeah, it's just, that was a very, that statement has aged so poorly. Yeah. So many rappers come from the suburbs now. It's not even funny. Like it's, it's, it's because, um, as a society, as a community, especially if you're coming from the places like Atlanta, I, I, I I tell people all the time, um, who want to move from Atlanta. I was like, you're going to see another America when you leave Atlanta. (laughs) Right, because nowhere else is um the concentration of black wealth. Oh yeah, um yeah. so big. So if a rapper comes from Atlanta, his family is well to do, upper yeah. middle class, a lot of the time. Right? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's, there's ghettos in Atlanta and there's bad places in Atlanta, but you're not that far removed if you get a government job in Atlanta. You know, but, but like from this. Lawrenceville. Yeah. Yeah, well, that for one. Yeah. And do like, I've seen, there's so many 
videos on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok of the dude with the gun waving it around. He's doing that for the camera, mm-hmm. not like real life. Not to live. No, yeah. <laughs> the heat there. It's being done for show. So I think that's I don't know if that's a suburban thing, but it's like kids who have access to that if they have access to you know nice phones or ipads mm-hmm. or whatever they more than likely live in the suburbs i don't know if that's the stereotype but you you see that and and other kids see that and it doesn't matter where they live that's why i i agree with the the that there are more artists that are really from the suburbs because this is what they see and they think that's cool. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why you see TikTok, you know, uh, dances being stolen all the time. Yeah. Uh, TikTok is just a huge cultural appropriation app to begin with. I, I, and before we get on the Dame Dash, I want to talk about um, women. <laughs> and I don't know how this is cut. In this film? In this film. Yeah. Ladies, we got to do better, which is your thought <laughs> process. Don't, don't get me wrong. If you out here and you you want to be out here and you want to be seen and you want to be with stars and whatnot, just analyze the thought, some of the things that come out of your mouth. Because one girl said on it, and I and I quote, "I'm not gonna sleep with you." And that was the same girl who went in there, who went in that bathroom, and went in that bathroom. These are not good dudes, right? Um, what they talk about, what they do. Um, you're putting yourself in a very dangerous oh, situation. Yeah. I, I was scared for some of those women, as like that. Yeah, that that was it was harrowing. Yeah, because like the thing the thing is is that you came here to meet um, a Dame Dash, but it is a strong possibility that you would never see him, and you mm-hmm. would end up in the room with his role manager. Yeah, right. And at that point, you've put yourself in a situation where you can't say no. And that's the scariest thing, right? Um, and I know groupies and, and, and TikTok and all that um, is still going on. But if you're listening to this show, um, I wish they would have did like a, a – a video of what them women are doing now. Yeah. Because <laughs> Well they covered a lot of their faces. Yeah. yeah. So that oh, your you, ad here. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the more and I guess really the more disturbing part of it is, once again, like how do you feel if you're the person holding the camera? What did you see that didn't make it? Because there was some and stuff What have that, you done with that footage? Yeah, there's some stuff that made it that for one, like why are we allowing these women like if we're filming a documentary why are we allowing these women to get into this in this situations anyway? And we're going to keep filming it. Um, it. It A lot of that part didn't sit well with me. Dame Dash, of course, is a producer. Harvey Weinstein was a producer as well, which should tell you a little bit of something yeah. as well. But like that was I, I fully agree with you. Like that was some of those situations were, were like very depressing. Yeah. I mean, that's why if I ever have a child. I pray to God it's not a girl. <laughs> it's just, it's not because I don't love women. I love women. It's just that it's a certain point as a parent, you have to deal with the fact that their body has matured faster than their mind. Oh, yeah. 
and they just out here just doing whatever the the stupidest stuff um and we got to practice some kind of discipline now whatever whatever um Jay-Z is doing Jay-Z didn't have no extra baby that's what that's what but, I'm trying so, to figure out as we talked about though Dame Dash made sure that if he wanted you to be up here there's probably stuff that Jay-Z did that we will never see because yeah. he made sure like oh yeah no cut that like when we get in the cutting room you're cutting anything that makes DMX or Jay-Z look bad you're cutting well yeah i mean they didn't have like the any of those interactions with uh at least with DMX yeah and any groupies his wife is in the yeah. is in the documentary or his his uh, it might have been ex-wife but still yeah. his wife at the time uh so I, I I do agree with that that there were some it was made to make sure those guys yeah. look good and everyone and else. that's probably and they probably told like hey ladies ignore Ja Rule so that's yeah. why they were chasing him yeah all right let's get into Dame Dash because we're at the two hour mark um uh let's just get right to it the thing about the jackets that was hilarious it was good marketing <laughs> though he was like dude this is Rockefeller you know. Why would not, not everybody not wear Rockefeller? Now, the way he was talking to people, that's one thing. Yeah, that's yeah. a way to that's a way to get your ass kicked. Like yeah. he's I mean But why? he's saying that to Kevin Lyles, who was with Def Jam, mm-hmm. uh, the vice president or or whatever. So it's someone who like Def Jam is the parent company to yeah, Rockefeller. I distribute you. Be nice like, like play nice or I'm going to stop distributing you. But I think Dame just took it out. The only man I'm really going to answer to is is Russell Simmons. But Russell Simmons that needs to let me do what I do or or needs to let me handle this because I'm the one who put this tour together. I'm the one who whose idea was it to to do it this way. So the jacket should have said Hard Knock Life Tour, not Def Jam because this is not a Def Jam thing. Y'all are making money off of us. But this is not a Def Jam thing. This is my thing. Well, I'm so it's Def basically Jam put up most of the money, though. If that's the case, I, I can understand that. But since it's coming from him, mm-hmm. he wants he wants credit. It was all about, I think, about credit and oh, yeah. respect. The way he went about it made me cringe a little bit it because went on way too long. Because like, <laughs> and, because, and at the same time, and then they're interspersing. Like, I was confused a little bit. Like, why are you cutting in the bus tour of this? But it's because the bus driver, I realized, he kept saying, the Def Jam tour bus. Mm-hmm. The Def Jam tour bus. This is a Rockefeller tour. <laughs> the only Def Jam artists were Method Man and Red Man. Yeah. Uh, so I, it, it went on for a long time. And now it makes Dame Dash look even worse. Yeah. Like it doesn't age well. Oh, no. But at the time, I could, I, if I'm watching it with my 2000 eyes, I could see the point yeah. because this is his, he put this tour together. Yeah. They put the money behind it, but this is the, the headliner is from Rockefeller mm-hmm. or from Rough Riders, not from Def Jam. So it should be a Rockefeller Rough Riders mm-hmm. thing, or just put the name of the tour on the yeah. jacket. If, if you want everyone to have jackets. It, it, it's kind of like, I can understand his anger. Cause it's kind of like, um, 
someone someone licensed you to sell a product and you're trying to get your product out there and the whole point of people coming to see your product um but instead of having your product's name on there you have the <laughs> you have Wells Fargo or the banker's mm-hmm. name on it right I, I i could definitely understand it the only thing that i have against dame dash is and I, I i guess it's just the heart of the mentality like i couldn't be in the room with him and not think he's going to fuck he's not going to fuck me over i can see that you know, I, I i um the way he talks to people um, the way he um, deals with his associates, I, he's spitting um, so quote unquote wisdom when he's calling people lazy. Um, he's insul- he's I insulting. Think it, them. Like at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like he's he had this this added this attitude of, and it's probably still present now that he's the smartest guy in the room. He sounds spoiled. That's exactly. what he sounds like. And, it made, and then when I heard that he went to a preparatory school, and that's what he grew up in. And he's like, I see these people doing this. I'm like, I can work harder than them. You sound spoiled and entitled. And you felt you're you're shooting the messenger. That's what, one thing that made me mad. You're right. Yeah, you answer Russell Simmons. So go yell at him. You're yelling at someone who probably can't. Russell won't take his call, though. Exactly. I, be, I, be, like, I just felt like Russell would yeah. not answer the phone. And so, so you're going to yell at the messenger who's going to go, and but nothing's going to get done. So you're basically screwing this guy's day up. For no reason other than to like to to front for the camera. He's punching down. Yeah. The more the 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 brief interactions that I heard of with Russell Simmons, and this is just not just past um, on TV, but the stuff that I've heard um, from the stories of guys from All Def Digital. Um, Russell, Russell, if you come in there incorrect, he'll fire you on the spot. So <laughs> I, I don't. I, I think if Dame, yeah. I think when Dame was in Russell's presence, he, he was, wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. Like he, it wouldn't be a Dame dash. But when he's around other people, he acts like he's Clive, like Clive. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Clive Davis. No, when he's talking to people, you hungry? Because this, that, and the third. Yeah, just it was, it was, it was very petty, and it's just it makes him look like how the hell did you? Is this why Jay Z doesn't work with you anymore? Like. You're just ex- tired of hearing them explain- talk. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I think I think what happened was um, Ru- um, Dame talked to Jay Z like that to an extent until Jay Z got bigger. Yeah. And then when Jay Z got bigger, he got he, too big. He got too big, and then that's what, that's the reason why they don't fuck with each other. It's yeah. not because of whatever BS um, thing that he comes up with. Dame Dash likes to punch down. Yeah. And and so I find it interesting. So good. I mean, the point is, yes, it's a Rockefeller tour. It's a it, the two headliners are Rocka, a Rockefeller artist and a Rough Riders artist. Do you care more about the artist or about your label? At that point, which is it? Because we said this before the episode. <laughs> Jay Z carried Rockefeller. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. he carried Rockefeller. The next biggest artist is Kanye. Yeah, but this but Kanye didn't come out until four years later, four yeah. five years after this movie. So like you you're like yeah I want them to wear you know Rockefeller jackets why so we can talk about your one artist that's holding up your label like let Jay Z get out there and, and do his thing he's gonna sell he's gonna sell records like what are it you shouldn't to be about who who yeah. who cares about the jackets are you trying to recruit people like you're trying to recruit rappers clearly you don't want to they come and rap at you you're just like no nah. Like yeah. it's, it just I don't know like another it, thing that it, that it doesn't age well if when we look well. at all these other labels. We got Rockefeller, Rough Riders, Murder Inc. Murder Inc. Even Def Jam. You could add in Cash Money. You can add in um, Rap a Lot. 
uh, No Limit. Mm-hmm. Where are all these labels now? Like, we we had an episode about this. There are only three Majors. record labels that yeah. matter. There are only three. And what are those three? Was Warner, Warner, Sony, and Universal. And Universal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, it's the Wild Wild West. But it doesn't necessarily have to do with record labels. Um, but it mirrors all businesses. Like, in the beginning, when you get a new idea for something, everybody starts to create their own space. But at the end of the day, it always goes down to the top one, two, or three. House always wins. I mean, it's like that with um, Nabisco. Um, It's like that with um, the people who make chewing gum. Mm -hmm. Like, when that came out... There was f- at least ten totally different chewing gum brands, just like it's ten totally different um record labels. I the only thing is I think Dame Dash realized that realized that being a student of business and he wanted to position himself in a way that at the end of the day, I I, I know he hated the fact that he had to be tied to Def Jam because at the end of the day, he mm-hmm. wanted this to be Rockefeller all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the next thing I had was, um, oh, the pain in the ass got too much oh, screen time. That, that, that dude. Way too Who much. Who is that? And I have no idea. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, man. I, but he got nobody. way too much time. I think like, oh, he, he did a good impression of, you know, your stereotypical mafia movie dude. Mm-hmm. He could do a, a Pacino, a Pacino, not a good one, just <laughs> a Pacino. Uh, or he's seen, he watched Scarface a lot as a kid. Yeah, uh, he was all what, whatever with that guy. I, I didn't like him. Um, I just wish he didn't. Pro- I just hope the guy he didn't procreate. I'm sure like he probably his genetic should. He tried. He that. probably tried really, really hard <laughs> yeah. with every woman he saw. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you all this because they they tried to make Jay Z look this way, but like I said, this is when Volume Two would come out. Uh, what makes Jay Z? Did he look like? Did he look like a superstar at the time? Because I, they tried to definitely make him look that way. Uh, yeah, the way they had the cameras kind of pointing up, like there was make never him seem like he was really yeah, tall. Yeah, it seemed like he was like seven feet yeah, tall. Yeah, there was never like a straight on shot of Jay Z. Was always shot from um floor level. Like as much as Dame Dash said and Jay Z seemed to say they broke off, right? Um, and I'm sure when this is um when this was release they were still together he was still making money from it Mm -hmm. definitely you want to make your star look the best right and i just really wish we could get a honest depiction honest um depiction of what the real tour was with jay-z instead of seeing Mm -hmm. idolized jay-z one i think it was pretty bad because it's not really that much footage of jay-z um, and there, there were seemed to be no like, like one on ones. Like they were able to talk to yeah. DMX a little bit. It wasn't a whole lot, but they were at least able Nothing, to talk to him a little yeah. bit. They talked to Ja Rule in his hotel room. They talked to Benny Siegel. Mm-hmm. Um, they even talked to Emil. Yeah, but I don't, I do not. I don't think they talked Jay-Z. to Jay Z yeah. like in that like kind of one on one. The only footage was the footage of him being on stage or. Maybe shooting or, that or, dice that yeah, one time. Dice. But yeah. that dice game was 
shot in a way that looked like he was just running yeah. these <laughs> fools, right? Like he's just a bona fide hustler, hustler right? Or they or look like it just went on forever because when they showed DMX playing dice, then the security comes by. Now the gang's broken up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jay Z, oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, put this amount of money where you ain't got it. <laughs> it just. Yeah, I think they wanted him to. I think they showed mostly stage performances of him to make him look larger than life. Get him up there, show that he's a good performer, and that the crowd responds to him. Because he, when he was out on the stage, he did look like a superstar. Right. He did control the crowd, but like you can. Maybe he did do some one-on-ones and stuff, and they just were like, no, this makes you look too human. Because, I mean, like, if you think about it, like, they even had B-roll of him, like, you know, they described their tour bus as, like, you know, oh, man, we drink Oh, he's got the fancy one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Champagne. He's smoking cigars. He got electricity in his. We ain't here. Yeah. Oh, this third one. Oh, you you got to smoke and drink in this one, and then the third one has no electricity. You're like, oh, they're the Vikings. Like, I was, yeah, they, they definitely put him up on a pedestal. Which is why the Jackets thing made no damn sense to me. Like, you're already getting the best, literally, of everything. We know that Def Jam is fitting the bill for this tour. Rockefeller don't have it like that. You have one artist. Rockefeller, unless you took out big loans, you've got, you've got what, a dozen rappers, three tour buses, and, you're, and, and the crew of these, uh, of these rappers on the tour buses, as well as stage crew, all this stuff. Rockefeller can't pay for that. That's Def Jam. And I'm willing to bet my bottom dollar, if you were to ask Russell Simmons whose decision it was to have them wearing Def Jam jackets, it was his. Because, because he's, <laughs> he's paying he's, for everything. He's like, I'm, I'm paying, literally, I'm paying for everything. Three buses. We can get it down to somebody two. probably said, I don't think Damon's going to like this. Who? <laughs> he probably looked up like, do you think I care <laughs> what Damon thinks? I mean, no, he's like, who's Damon? Who's Damon? <laughs> <laughs> he can give me 50%. He can give me 50%. <laughs> like, he was like, I'm paying for everything. He He's probably like, thought Damon was part of Jay Z's entourage yeah. or something. We can bring it down to two buses if y'all if y'all want. You can. <laughs> we can give you a van. You can start. You can start standing motels. Cause, 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 see, we give you a sprinter van. I'd be like, look here. Like to be honest with you, we really only need four people in this on this piece. We need Jay Z. We need Method Man, Red Man. We need Jaru. We need DMS. That's five folk. Five folk can fit on one bus. Reason why we got three is for all these ancillary yeah. niggas that we don't want. There's so many. Just in the main <laughs> cast, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That is nine different artists. That's just the main cast. We're not talking about Damon Dash. That's ten. Eve, who wasn't there all the time, but that's eleven. DJ Clue, like just all these people that were just kind of there. Like you did not need. Like, like I don't know that that, and and I, I know I'm harping on, on on this on the like, jackets. On, well, on Dame Dash in general, like bruh, like you are not fitting the bill for this. That was and and I didn't even think about the fact that Russell Simmons probably didn't really know nor really care who Dame Dash was. It's a check. <laughs> I mean, and that's how Dame wanted it to to be. Like y'all just write the checks. Yeah. So that probably reiterates that. Def Jam footed the bill yeah. on this tour. And I'm pretty sure, um, since these guys were from the Marcy Projects, that well, they didn't read their contract. So they were not only where um Dane and not um Russell was taking money, um, profits from the tour, but I'm pretty sure some of the expenses for all them other people riding around and just hanging out with them came out of their check. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can find yeah. 
another note I had, uh, well, again, Benny Siegel was not built for this part of the <laughs> game. Like, you can see it what, what that made... he was not going to be in, he was not in it for the long run. Was that him who said that, I'm tired of this, I want to go home? Yeah. I, I, I'm At, a... Like, halfway through the tour? He's, he is like, he couldn't wait to get back to Philly. Let me, let me tell you something. Uh, and I don't know if this has anything to do with Benny Seagull's the type of cat that I am, but I went backpacking through Europe, right? Um, with my one of my two of my best friends, right? And by the third day, I hate I hate them niggas too, man. I can only imagine how it stank on that Bruh, bus. Touring, <laughs> touring is hard. Like, yes. people will tell you, touring is tough. Um, I always wanted to do it just to see to see what it was like, but everyone who's ever said like touring is 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 hard work. You're away from your family, you're away from your friends, and and it goes back to um, one of the, you know the better music documentaries that we've seen, Hired Gun, where he was like, part of it is like they, it's not just talent. Can I get along with yeah. this person? <laughs> like it, it, it and it wasn't it wasn't it was hardly ever talent. Yeah. It's like yeah. can I can. Uh, we're going to be on tour together for six weeks or six months. I have to like you. Are yeah. you a night? Are you a good person? Yes. Yeah. Can I get along with you? And yes. that's one of the things that was um, was the downfall of the new edition. Like the first time they liked each other, right? So that's why they I were was, friends. They were they friends grew up together. But when they had like three separate buses, nah. Well, that's how they all went solo. Mm -hmm. Then the second album flopped. All everybody's second album flopped, <laughs> and so. Yeah, so they've gotten used to doing it by themselves. Um, and I remember, like, there was an interview where, like, I think right before that tour started to where they were getting $100,000 total for all six of them. And Bobby Brown's like, I can get 100000 by myself. <laughs> but you're, you're not, though. You're not getting 100000 Well, it was a thing. I don't know if this was uh, dramatic or not. But like the guy who had taught them the choreography was like, oh, "You broke." He was like, "Yeah, all these, all these dudes are broke." <laughs> yeah, they were probably all broke. Yeah, yeah. And he, I don't know if there, if there, <laughs> if there was a chance for there to be a backstage too, or like what, what's the next tour like if there was another one? Um, but who, who would have been along for the next tour? You know, like Jay Z and DMX became stars. Method Man and Red Man became stars in their own right. Ja Rule would tip that next step, but Benny Siegel, Memphis Bleak, yeah. Emil kind of fell by the wayside. And DJ Clue, DJ Clue probably could be what DJ Khaled is now. If you would have, or at least what DJ Drama is now. Mm hmm. Um, but I wanted to know, and the, this is the last note I had really, what did y'all think of what Dame was saying to DJ's clue, DJ clues people when and he was DJ clue. complaining about the album not coming out and saying, yeah, where like they're record. supposed to be a mixtape album for this tour and they hadn't really started on it yet because DJ clue is doing all these other things or he's prioritizing these other mm -hmm. things, but it, they want to get this mixtape out at it, least to promote this film. I mean, with 2021 eyes, it's a good message delivered by a flawed messenger. Like, they, the way they shot it, he was speaking wisdom, 
right? Mm-hmm. About what what you're doing and you being lazy and all that kind of stuff. But I am pretty sure this is not the first Dame Dash freak out on the <laughs> bus and it wasn't on some wise shit, right? I'm pretty sure he has been talking down to them so long that they they don't hear it anymore. They don't hear it yeah. anymore. They they have tuned him out. Yeah. Right? It looked like DJ Clue was like, is he done? Yeah. Well, like is you got to know by now what type of person you're dealing with in DJ Clue. He didn't become lazy overnight. <laughs> so if you wanted something done, you probably shouldn't but have... I, and the angle that yeah. I, it looked like Dame Dash took was that Clue had come up. He's had some success with, with the mixtapes. Uh, you know, he is a name, at mm-hmm. least in New York at the time. So, and he's doing radio as well. And he's doing all these parties. So he is he is an entity on his own. Mm-hmm. But now he is being expected to actually do more work at the same time yeah. in a short amount of time. And I, I I thought like, well, the way that they described it, maybe DJ Clue has spread himself too thin. Possibly. Where he can't do the things that, you know, he would normally be able to do. But I think Dame Dash took the angle of, oh, since you, 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 you're... I heard this phrase earlier today, reading your own press clippings. So now you're not working as hard because you've had some success. And so to your point, though, is about the messenger being flawed and him, he punches down. Yeah. DJ Clue doesn't need anything from him. <laughs> DJ or Clue's that, like, doing. Clue needs to delegate. Yeah. Like, I don't know if those other, if the, the Desert Storm team were other producers or anything like that. Yeah. That probably who, wasn't their job. That's who, not their expect, yeah. expertise. Whoever like, shot yeah. them, they just look like, <laughs> <laughs> they just look like, look, man, I called off work. <laughs> I mean, like, but I really do think, though, like, because I, I guess I never thought of it this way because I didn't know much about him before this documentary. If he can't control you, like if basically if he can't hold something above your head, Dame Dash is not an effective leader. Like he's not going to like, what did he have on Jay-Z? Jay-Z wants to get famous. All right, here's a way to get you famous. And as we said, once he got once he test. got bigger than Damon Dash, I don't need you anymore. And Damon has nothing that there's nothing he can offer him. I think Snoop's dog said the same thing about um, Suge Knight. Yeah. Right. Like, if you got nothing to offer you. I, he can't really control you if I'm if I'm not bigger than you, and you you got DJ Clue, DJ Clue's probably happy with what he's doing. I don't like. It's cool it's if this, I do something with you. It's this one you. project that I'm yeah. that I'm having trouble with. But if I don't, but that do, doesn't mean that yeah. I'm not actually working hard. I'm in demand. I'm people want people around New York want me. Like and if I'm he's happy supposed with if that. he's supposed to be the DJ at the beginning of the show, he's also doing radio. Mm-hmm. He's producing or doing mixtapes or for whatever with other artists, and he's supposed to DJ the after party or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because that that was another weird thing about announcing where the after party is. That yeah. was an argument. Isn't that supposed to be a secret? <laughs> <laughs> they had DJ Clue announce it during the show. It's at the atrium. Well, hold on. <laughs> Which was funny. I was like, oh, I know what the atrium is. I've been to the atrium. It's well, not that, that atrium. I, I was about to say, it was like, man. <laughs> that wasn't the atrium in Atlanta? No. Oh, I thought that was. It okay. kind of looked like it, though. It did. It kind of oh. looked like it, though. So I found some numbers here, um, what they made for their profits, gross profits for that tour. $18 million. 
one of the biggest rap tours of all time. But look at how many people <laughs> were on that tour. Or on the payroll. On the, the payroll. $18 million amongst nine rappers. And that doesn't that does not mention the people who might have stopped in for one one show. So we saw Buster Rhymes stop in, we saw Eve stop in. Uh, but then you're also you gotta pay people like Dame Dash. Def Jam's gonna get their cut. So like when all is said and done, you're splitting eight million dollars amongst a lot of people. Yeah, they and and what are the percentages there? Yeah. Or is it, I mean it can't be split evenly, I think. Jay Z and DMX get the get the yeah. most, and then Method Man, Red Man, but do and they, then Ja Rule. But do they get the most? Because I think it well, would, the headliners would get the most. Would, yeah, you would but, think. but I don't then know. I'm pretty sure their check will probably say, "Oh yeah, Jay Z, you got five million dollars coming to you, but we got to take out these expenses." Well, so no, this these are the profits after all the expenses are have okay. been taken out. Yeah, okay. These are the gross profits. I would like to know, though, what they had to put up for it. Like, what was the... And I can't find that. What was the initial investment? Because I imagine it was it was a lot of money. Yeah. And it was a 50... They played 54 shows. Mm-hmm. Um, they were playing arenas. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, you said, it was, and it was probably produced cheaply yeah. because... Just a DJ. It was a, a DJ. Mm-hmm. And so you're worried about you know, just that set up and, and, you know, you want to make sure the sound's good or whatever. So it wasn't any elaborate setup. The most well, that no, they that... did as far as effects, it looked like it was a projector that had have... whichever artist, their name on the screen, and then they played the Biggie video at whatever point. Didn't they have um, Method Man and Red Man in that, on them high wire things? Yeah. Yeah. That was expensive. Yeah, they probably had to pay. That's You got to get stunt coordinators. So yeah. I found some of the dates here because it started March 2nd. In Washington, D.C. at the MCI Center. That's how old this tour is. The MCI Center. And now it's the Capital One Arena. Well, MCI doesn't even exist anymore. No. (laughs) And ended um, May 2nd in Louisville Gardens in Louisville, Kentucky. Some of the places they played. Which I think is now the KFC Arena. Arco Arena in Sacramento. Lakewood in Atlanta. They went to Lakewood? Mm Mm-hmm. They went to Lakewood. Arrowhead in Anaheim. Um, two dates at the Thomas and Mack Center in Vegas, the 18th and the 20th of um, April. Um, the Pepsi Center in Albany. So yeah, some oh the Target Center in Minneapolis. So some some amphitheaters, some some um, some um, what am I can't think of some arenas, just a mix of stuff. They even went to Canada, um, Air Canada Center in well, they played uh, Toronto. In, I know they uh, Molson in the, Center in, in yeah they were in Montreal. Montreal. Mm-hmm. That we saw that in the documentary. Yeah. And met the man at Redman may have had to go out to twenty five people in the audience. So it's I mean it's it's some interesting some interesting locations they played at. Um and a lot of these are, you know, you you can make some money off of a lot of these places, but like Lakewood is not that big <laughs> compared to like, you know, like they weren't getting so what, ninety nine was Phillips Omni was gone, Phillips Arena would have been here, right? No. Yeah, but I think they were still um, building renovating it. it. Yeah, or building it. Oh, they're still building it. So you would have tried to do so the Omni. Yeah, because I think the Hawks were still playing at Georgia Tech. Oh yeah, the Thriller. Not no, they haven't made the Thriller Dome yet. Never mind. Had made McCamish. but I mean, you could have played the Dome if you're big enough. This clearly was not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, um, anything else y'all want to add about this this documentary? 
Um, I did think the dude who came in at the end, Hashim, um, the Muslim rapper. Yeah, he was he was he was pretty good. I thought he was pretty good. What happened to him? <laughs> Clearly, he didn't get signed. Yeah, <laughs> looking at twenty twenty one eyes, the whole Columbine thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. The, the Denver show. It was like, yeah. oh, we just gotta do something. We this can't continue to happen again. I was like, ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, look into the future. <laughs> it will a lot, a lot, a lot, lot. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. I will say, and I think we've, this has kind of been the theme of it, this seemed like an awful tour to be on. Like, it just did not seem like it, it was a lot of fun. Dirty. It didn't seem like a lot of fun. It I would have liked it. It didn't. I mean, past throwing ice at um, ladies. And yeah, what the hell was that? They just, and then I threw some hot water on them. I'm like, this is assault. Yes. This is assault. You, you, this is not, and they're laughing. Like, this ain't funny. Then they did like a little cartoon skit. Yeah. Which was a little yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, yeah. And then the last thing, um, I thought it was interesting, DMX at that time considered um, Jay-Z and Scarface the greatest rappers at that time. I thought that was some interesting respect because Scarface, while not as big as either one of them, does not get... In the rap community, he does, but he does not get the acclaim I think that he deserves. Yeah, he's not mainstream. Kind of yeah. like Ghostface. And he doesn't get the acclaim that he deserves. Yeah. I mean, I guess kind of like a Tech 9 today. Like, no one really knows who Tech 9 is, but Tech 9 could probably beat half of the rappers on the radio right now, but he's not mainstream. Like you said, kind of like Ghostface. Ghostface and Andre 3000 are your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. But, yeah. Uh, I think Andre just got too weird. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, well, I think Andre. I think Andre maybe finds rapping a little too easy. Um, yeah, he's I trying was to watching, find other uh, outlets. I was watching on Genius, so the Art of Storytelling Part Four, which apparently I'll, I'll show you this video. There was an Art of Storytelling Part Three, but it's just on some random record. So when DJ Drama sends Andre Three Thousand this beat, he does that verse, which is an amazing verse. One night, he sends it to him, and he sends it to him back the next morning. It's like, let me know what you think of this. It's like the verse was perfect. Didn't have to do anything else to it. That is the genius of Andre. Like he he doesn't have to try anymore. <laughs> they um they had a same similar thing on TikTok with um stories of Eminem mm-hmm. and people being on freestyle on on features with Eminem. Yeah. And um I think it was on that forever. Oh, he kills that song. <laughs> and then uh who was on that um it was like Kanye and Drake was we and Lil Wayne. Yeah. And, um, uh, but it was another one he had Bitch Sean on there. Bitch Sean said, I sent Eminem a beat, um, and he killed it. And he said, but originally it was supposed to be my part in front, then his part, then my <laughs> part again. But his part was so good that they just combined mine at the front and um, put his at the end and kind of finish out the track. And then he was like, he was like, oh, yeah, I really like your verse. He's like, no, you didn't. My verse is trash. <laughs> yeah, no, Eminem's, Eminem's good for that. Like, I think of two songs in question, My Life by 50 Cent, where he just comes in in the second verse and kills it, and then the um the What Is Love sample, where he comes oh, in yeah. and, he, and he just kills Lil Wayne. I'm just like, stop it. Stop doing that. Like, that's not nice. <laughs> it's, just some people, it's just certain people I wouldn't. Have, but the worst, the worst of them all is I listened to one song on Offset's um, album when he went solo, mm-hmm. and his wife killed him. 
Really? Man, um, Cardi B. Um, I forgot they're, they're married. Clout. Yeah, duh, I forgot. Doing anything for Clout? Yeah, her verse was <laughs> thousand times better than his. Yeah, well, um, you know, we don't. I don't know if we'll. I think that's part of like we don't see a lot of those kind of collaborations anymore. Where it's like two people at the top of their, I don't. Do we see that that much anymore? It's a lot of egos in it because yeah, it's nobody starts, wants to get shown up. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to. Like there's one song, or I don't know if there are more, but I know of one song where it's like Eminem and Jay Z at the top of their game. The song Renegade, mm. and I don't know if they worked together again after that. <laughs> well, and I mean it because you know, and I mean as we just did this. If you if you do a good verse and someone does a, a verse better than you, they're gonna say that oh man you got killed on your own track. People are saying that yeah, people I think don't the want baby killed Drake on his track. They're like oh man like you're it's, and it's just like why can't it just we both did good? Are you seeing that the someone made an animation of um of Lil Baby? He's he's doing he's doing a song. I think it was a DJ Khaled song, mm-hmm. and Lil Dirk is supposed to come in at a certain part, and you and Lil Baby's just going. And Lil Durk, you just hear his like ad libs, but it's like he's looking over at DJ Khaled, like I'm supposed to come in now, right? <laughs> and, and DJ Khaled's like, just let him finish, let him finish his verse. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's about to come in, and Lil Baby just keeps going. <laughs> and DJ Khaled's like, let's see where this goes. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what rappers kind of come in, come you know turned into. But um. I, I mean, it's, it's all a piss, it's all a, uh, a pissing match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Certain certain rappers like I wouldn't have the baby on my stuff. He's hungry right now, man. I would, I, <laughs> if I'm a female, if I'm a female rapper, like I was shocked that Cardi B. That's why I have respect for Cardi B, right? Because mm-hmm. she put Meg The Stallion on her on on the song with her, mm-hmm. and Meg The Stallion is a far better rapper than Cardi B. I mean that Clearly. it go literally. Okay, goes so against, we can okay, we can we can we can get down with that. I agree. It goes against the um the the narrative we talked about this before. There can only be one female rap superstar at a time. I think they're kind of changing that right now. They're changing right. the game. I know, yeah. that it's changing now when they're do, when they do a song together. They're yeah, they're taking that control. changes that. Yeah. But before it was really just one, only one at a time. Just like only one uh, black comedian can be a movie star at a time. Until they start doing movies together, and then they change. You, Until they do movies it. together, and that rarely happens. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes a certain type of artist to do that, right? Because I'm seeing Cardi B making the call to Megan mm-hmm. before Megan makes the call to Cardi. Well, Cardi ha- Cardi has more well, more influence. Yeah. He has she has the pull right. to call Megan, and then like this this can work. Or her team said we need to get Megan on this song. Yeah, and and and, and it would work because like Megan is is still on the rise in a way, but Cardi has kind of gotten there. Or she's like a few steps ahead. So she can, she's got. So she, yeah, she has she the clout to, to call Megan to do it. She can tell her record company. But if Megan called Cardi, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it happens that way. Cause, I mean, I think, um, and this maybe you can invite me on another show, conspiracy theory. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I'm doing conspiracy theories. <laughs> well, see, the, the conspiracy theory is that 
the reason why we haven't had a female rapper reach the the to take the crown like um Cardi did from Nicki Minaj mm-hmm. it was that when Nicki Minaj was really on ta- top she was actively killing these women's careers right um making sure they don't get radio play kind of downplaying them in the industry but Cardi B kind of snuck in while Nicki was fighting, you know, lawsuits and, mm-hmm. um, and her own label, her own label, and then Cardi B just kind of came in, and again, the Cardi B phenomenon uh, has changed the game. To I, I think Cardi B is is aware of the joke, right? <laughs> she's in on it. She's in on it. She's she's she's. It has to be. I yeah. mean, to come up from love and hip hop, who 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 transcends love and hip hop? <laughs> who transcends that show? And, and, and then I, That's I think a good point I never thought about. Yeah, that. she's and, and she's like, yeah, you know, I mean, That's why I call her the love and hip hop legend. Yeah, yeah she like she like like a lot of these women out here serious about the rap game, right? I only did this because I want another way to make money, and I'm tired. I can't shake my ass forever, right? So. um it is that's where you get the sweeties and the doja cats and um unfortunately Carly red i've no clue she's still still yeah but she gonna she she did a show and nobody showed up or something like that <laughs> she's like she is she's awful but yeah um it is definitely it, it from the male perspective if i'm rapping and i'm doing my thing we're targeting the same audience so there's no way that um, I take this rap stuff seriously that I'm gonna let somebody knock me off, knock my head off. You know what I mean? So yeah, like I, if I was rapping, I would invite Eminem, Andre 3000, maybe Drake, but he can only do a hook. Like uh, it's like it's mm-hmm. like no, 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 bro. I'd probably steal it from somebody according <laughs> to that video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Where are we at now? Yeah, we got three uh, hours we, now. We, <laughs> uh, I like y'all. I got to go to bed. Uh, we're, we're past two and a half. So that'll Oof. do it for our discussion about backstage and <laughs> the hip-hop world in general, I guess you might say. Uh, we'll get to my earworm of the week. Uh, this is an artist that I only heard a couple of songs from, but he just put on an album called Deadpan Love. His name is Cautious Clay. Oh, no, that nigga name ain't cautious. Cautious Clay. <laughs> and, and Ben was like, oh, like that's, like that's. That's clever. It's, but like, that's not clever. Yes, it is. It's not clever. It's careful Clay. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Cautious Clay? What is my, is mama name him Clay? I'm going to name him Clay. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, oh, I like it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Oh, I first man. heard one of his songs on, on an episode of Insecure. But uh, this is a new album we just put out called Deadpan Love. It's a song with a rapper named Saba. It's called Strange Love. Not a cover of Depeche Mode. Uh, but uh, I like this song, and it's on my We Lit playlist, of course. So uh, we'll play that, and we'll be right back. Oh, 
like a guy, treat me like a villain. Cause I'm that nigga everybody wanna get with. So long as my clothes match the pop song's description. We turn stores upside down, put the tires on the ceiling. For retail, we'll sell us some short as a blunt sand. Spurge on the fun feeling, this shirt was an unclean. She looking at me like me and Benjamin share resemblance. I spend it because I get defensive about my interests. I could be a motherfucker if you want. I could be a motherfucker on the run. Smoking like blues, trains or something. Some clouds in the night while I'm running. Then I'ma take off when the going gets tough. Cause I really feel like racing. All right, that is Strange Love by Cautious Clay featuring Saba. I still hate that name. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Man, gotta leave my home. Lee Cash is alone, man. You know what's really funny too? That article that I found, shout out to MTV, is from March 1st, 1999. It's still up on MTV.com. They do not take any, they must have the biggest servers in the world. <laughs> I, will, I will routinely find articles from 20 years ago that are just still there. March 1st, 1999. And I can tweet it out if I want to. <laughs> so they updated it. They added a tweet function to it. Right. Yeah, but it says, yeah, 3 one bro. So as we try to end this, <laughs> I'm, I'm still undecided on what to end the show with. Should it be something from the soundtrack that didn't include DMX Oh, yeah, at all? why not? Yeah. Um, I know there's a song that was a single. It was Jay-Z and Maya did a song. Mm. And Poke and Tone produced it. Uh, Best of Me Part 2. Uh, the prod- uh, prodigies on here, um, the locks, T Boss, Hot Boys, and Big Timers, Big Timers, Cameron. Yeah, play that. Which one, Big Timers? No, they got Hot Boys and Big Hot, Timers. Hot Boys and Big, Big Timers. It's called Millionaire. Yeah, let's play it. Yeah. All right, we'll end it with that. Fresh. I don't, we I have I have I'm not familiar with this song at all. <laughs> um. I'm sure it's oh, trying to find the uh, find it here. We're playing it off of YouTube, of course. Let's see if, if it's there. Uh, there's one called Millionaire Dream, but I don't know if that's it. Yeah, let's pick something else. <laughs> um, yeah, so is the soundtrack just not on there? The soundtrack is not on, yeah, it's not on Spotify, it's not on streaming, because I I don't, this is not the song. Is that your chick? Maybe That's not on the soundtrack. I thought you nothing from the soundtrack was on. Nothing from the soundtrack is on Spotify. That's why I said, is that your chick by Memphis Bleak? Um, There's a song. Hey, what do you think? I'm fine with it. All right. That's, my, that's one of my favorite songs. So we'll end it with that as soon as I pull it up. You can see on the screen where you can find it, find our podcast. Um, I finally, I had to contact Amazon and Audible to, <laughs> because they didn't update our last 20 episodes. Um, wow. But it was a different feed. I, I know I know why. Okay. But I thought because, yeah, it's updated now. So we go to Amazon or Audible. That's where you get your you podcast. That might have been a reason. Who knows? <laughs> that str- might have been a reason. The struggle of black people. You can see that home in the dark space. It, it can't be because I'm black, is it? <laughs> uh, so this is uh, Memphis Bleak featuring Jay-Z and Twista and Missy Elliott. Oh, man. 
Uh, oh yeah, everyone's on this track. It's 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 such a good track. And uh, there it is. Oh yeah. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you very very soon. Peace. Peace. Show don't get mad at me. I don't love him, I fuck him. I don't chase him, I duck him. I replace him with another one. You had to see, she keep calling me big. And my name is Jay-Z, she was all of my kids. Gradually, I'm taking over your bitch. Coming over your shit. Got my feet up on your sofas, man. I mean, posters with my open hand. You coming home to dishes and empty soda cans. I got your bitch up in my rover, man. I never kiss her, never hold her hand. In fact, I kiss her. I'm a bolder man. I'm a pimper. It's over, man. When I twist her in the ghost sedan. Like I'm Goldie, man. Your bitch chosen, man. Chicken man, iceberg with the frozen hands. Sweater man, don't make it rosy, man.